So I feel like one thing is that like, if you were a modern player, this would go without, like you would not need an introduction. So it's like a shame that I need to introduce you. You're Brian Langtree. You're, I am. An, you're, is your jersey in the rafters at the Pepsi Center? Yeah, it's called, it's called, man, my voice sometimes goes, I don't know what it is. I think it's like a reaction to You'll be good. Just st stay close um, to that. Well, I always get nerves in the beginning. It's not called the Pepsi Center anymore. It's called the Ball Arena. Oh, we passed that on the way here. Yeah. And I was like, I think that's the Pepsi Center. Yeah. But, okay. Ball Arena. And uh, yes, my name, my jersey is retired in the Pepsi, in the Ball Arena. I still say Pepsi Center when I'm yep. macking. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you're boasting to people about that, yeah, when I'm trying to sound cool to the ladies. But. Um, but point being, you're like you're a caliber of player that if you had played in the modern day with like the growth and exposure of the sport, everyone would know who you are. But I have to introduce you because you kind of are just before the era of like money, money and social media <laughs> and people like everyone knowing top players in the sport. Yeah, I mean, uh, to some extent, but I think, you know, living in Colorado, it was like a, uh, it was a little different. Like, people knew me here. Well, you know, like, there were, there uh, were, were 18,000 people at the games. Like, in here, it's a cocoon. Like, when I go home to Massapequa, Long Island, I'm just another guy who plays lacrosse. But out here, I actually felt like people knew me. Like I'd go to, and I had long hair. Uh -huh. I, I like did everything I could do to get attention. So, you know, wow, it, that's, it paid you off. You just spun <laughs> that on. So, but yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Denver is a city that like really likes their NLL team. So you actually were mildly famous in the city of Denver during your time playing here. What's I, I like like the the term pseudo celebrity status. You know? <laughs> okay, so you're a yeah. pseudo celebrity. Yeah. yeah, but if you were around now, and this is like the difference, is that you would be you would be a lacrosse celebrity. So you were a celebrity within Denver because there were a lot of fans here, but the internet and social media wasn't as prevalent. So you would be with your personality today. I, I would have been kicked out of the league by now. Do you think? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I. Oh, uh, man, you know. So you and the PLL, what does that look like? Do you think that's trouble? Yeah, I I do. But I, do, do you think that like the enormity, it's a bigger opportunity now, you get paid more, there's more exposure. Do you feel like that would have kept you in line? Well, look, I'll put it to you this way. I like to think of, I think of lacrosse growth. And when I started playing pro, I can remember the day that the MLL came out. I can remember the first training camp. And I can also remember before that when we were playing club ball for North Hempstead. I can remember going to games thinking only about the party after the game. I'm not saying this to glorify it. It actually ruined my life quite a bit. The mm -hmm. whole deal just was very negative as far as the consequences I suffered because of that lifestyle. But I will say that as lacrosse evolved from a beer league, so to speak, to a professional thing. I was caught right at the beginning of that and it was great, but there was also this kind of shadow, this, uh, this curtain between fans and players and nobody really got 
too close to the fans other than signing autographs after games and stuff like that. I mean, I remember your first game mm -hmm. in Charlotte yeah. when one of the fans was talking smack and like I was walking by and I pretended to punch him in the face and the guy <laughs> went like this. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, and the guy like turtled up and yeah. I go, ah, and they're like, that type of thing would have been on the internet and I would have gotten in trouble for that. Yeah, right? you would have, yeah. So like that, you know, that's just, and I'm not like, I don't want to become a caricature of myself. I think I've done that plenty. Uh -huh. Um I'm just saying, like, it was out of control in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, but I, I thought it was normal. I thought everyone was doing that. Well, there's also, like, a beauty to that. Like, the beauty of the pro game, it's growing and there's more exposure. You can make more money. But there was a definite beauty to the fact that we would go to a city and no one would know who we were. And, like, we didn't have the pressure of, like, a, a real professional athlete, right? There was... You could try to say – like the people who we'd, we'd be out at after the game, people would be like, oh, we're pro lacrosse. Like you just – let's just be guys and no one knows who Is we are. Is it different now? No. I think it's it's inching towards – I just think there's more pressure because of the internet exposure. And like if, you know, Kyle Harrison fake punched a fan at a PLL game, that, that would pr there would probably be some repercussions. <laughs> Whereas like to you, I think everyone on the team is like, Brian, that was a good job. That was dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let, t t so take me through. So you graduated college in 98, 98. And then the lacrosse scene after that, in terms of playing beyond high school is what you can play. You can play on these men's league teams, right? Yeah. Well, the, I forget the letters. It was like NC something or other, but it was a uh, club league and it was kind of like free agency. You could just go to wherever you wanted to play. I mean, there was Long Island Hofstra, which had – I don't think it had any affiliation with Hofstra other than they played there. That was like the good team on Long Island. Uh -huh. Then there was Nyack, which was like all the Princeton guys and all those two types of – That's teams. still then, around. Yeah, and then there was North Hempstead, which was kind of guys like me. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Terry Reardon was on the team, total baller. Kenny Garcia, Jay Penn, Pete Murphy played with us. You know, So we had some – dudes that you'd know like mm -hmm. guys that were really good my brother was on the team rich langtree he was played with me in, in college as well um old school dudes like don borges i don't know if you'd remember him he's an old new york saint back in name the rings about kenny garcia personally co like i remember going to camps and kenny garcia picturing a calf tattoo i don't know if there's a calf tattoo. probably definitely used a brine edge short little dude <laughs> yeah. sick at lacrosse, like yeah. one of those guys, like I think he played at Cortland. Yes, you know, exactly. One of those guys that like kind of fell through the cracks at that time, but he did get his shot in the pros, and I think he played in the MLL a little bit, but he was awesome. I mean, these guys were really good players. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so we just kind of like gravitated towards one team or another. A guy named Harvey Cohen ran – North Hampstead with a, with Paul Jones. I don't know if you know him. He runs like the Long Island Sports Network okay. now. And uh, Harvey Cohen's a legend from Port Washington area. Like he's he's unfortunately passed away in the last like five years or so. But he was just an awesome dude. And they asked me to play with them, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll do it. And uh, and you're playing against guys who are like professional caliber right it's like all on the, the other pro teams. it's yeah, all the it's guys like that would be pro because when that was the coolest part when the mll finally came around it was a draft of like 30 years of lacrosse players yeah you know yeah that's interesting and i got picked first overall in the supplemental draft and that was like a big thing and then after that it was like supplemental draft but at the time <laughs> it was like a big deal i'm like yeah no this is like 30 years of dudes yes yeah, so you're competing all, against and like, every draft and class. i had just been out of i was just out of college I wasn't great at Hofstra. I was a good player. I wasn't mm -hmm. great at all. Like I was like, you know, 
it was a system. We, I played for Coach Donowski and Coach Seth Tierney, like mm-hmm. awesome dudes. You know, like I was a prick. I wasn't like a good guy. But, really, but were you just like you partied I, hard? No, you were a bad I did teammate, not even the partying you? thing back then. I was just a selfish guy. Like as a as a person, I yeah, think I, definitely I just went through the same thing for a few years in college, and then I had uh, my, like my first year in college. I think I was in that boat where I never really had to do anything to be good. Yeah, like like you said, not a lot of working out, not a lot of. I just had like a innate talent that allowed me to. But then it didn't work once I got to college, and I think that made me a little bit bitter. Um, and I think I was probably a pretty bad teammate, but then I, you know, I got better as the years went on. I was, you had, you had silky mitts though. Well, yeah. Well, I, you know, if you're saying you weren't good at Hofstra, I was better than you. You were way better than me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you were way better than me in college. No question. I watched you in college. You were just a little kid when I was a pro, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so, <laughs> uh, like, I was watching you. Yeah, man. You're like, you're awesome. I think. But um, yeah, I didn't know how your Hofstra career was because it's hard. You're so you're fossilized. It's tough to big, dig up information on you. you know I got I mean? old <laughs> school helmet pictures. <laughs> yeah, all I can find is a, ca- a picture of you in a Cascade one. Not even before Box? that. Oh, Bach Rock. Is it really? That, yeah, the first Cascade was like my senior year of college. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you're you're back there. I know. You're, but you're so I played till I was 36 though. So oh, I know. Well, your first man. year in the pros, like I'm 22 and you're 36. I'll be f- I'm no 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 yeah oh. that year 2012 yeah I think I was that's math 35 I can't imagine playing right now given like what type of shape I'm in and I, so five years from now that would be were you just so sore after games oh, would dude, you just uh, be so beat up <laughs> I can't even give you like just incapacitated yeah like I I don't. <laughs> I would love to have this like awesome story about like my career and like I don't remember a lot of it. I was just an ass. Like I just drove through it in a haze of insanity for uh-huh. for like five the last five years of my career. It's just I don't know how I did it. Like I don't know how I got through those years. Yeah. Honestly. Well, you were you're a madman. Like you, I, you were a madman, but you're also like. I think a, a a thing, an interesting question is like how much of like your off the field lifestyle was who you are. Like you're a madman right now, so I you just became more of a madman. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable with that whole concept. Which concept? Madman. Madman in a I'm positive a, I'm, way. I'm a grown man who lives at home with five dogs by himself with his sure, son. Sure. Doesn't just, drink or do drugs. I'm, Sit, you know, I'm like, saying <laughs> over the court, you were always uh, eccentric, outside the box. You'd, someone would do an interview with you and you'd say that Max Siebold smells your hair right. for power. Right. So like, I, I don't mean the madman clinically. I mean that you were a very interesting guy. Like how much of that was like – you who you are and how much of that was like I don't you driving yourself off the field like doing you know getting into bad stuff if you will I don't think I ever consciously put on a face mm-hmm. you know what I mean well that when you do interviews that's one thing that comes across is like you're almost guiding the interview when, like, especially these timid MLL reporters, you know, they would ask about something that pertains to actual lacrosse and you just steer it into, like, like hilarity. Are you talking about the inside the MLL? I'm talking about With ev- every single interview that I could pull up. It seemed like you would just 
take it towards absurdity in a positive way. Yeah, I don't know. I I like I like talking. You know, mm-hmm. I was a, I was an educ I'm an educator, so mm-hmm. I talk constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's just who I am. I can't really. Yeah. I well, know. I mean, I think if I had a, a thought on it, it's, yeah, that is who you are. Like, you know, what I mean? when I walk up and I knock on your door now and you say you live here, you have five dogs barking away, you're dead sober, there's deer outside, you're the same person that I played with. In <laughs> I'm not 2000- like, hello, Matthew, how are you? It's yeah, nice yeah, to yeah, see you. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit worried <laughs> that you're going to uh, go formal on me. Um but let's go back to let's go back to MLL starts. You get drafted uh, in the supplemental draft. Like, what is the open? Is is there a lot of optimism about the opening of the MLL where it's like we're going to be a legit pro sport? Like, this is gonna. I remember it being in the hotel during training camp, Bridgeport, mm-hmm. Connecticut, sitting there with uh, Tom Naglieri, names you probably don't even know. No. Matt Panetta. Yeah, I you know, know Matt like Panetta. older guys that I looked up to. And we were watching ESPN, and I remember somebody, Blake Miller, I think, was like, if you think what they're going to do, our game, they'll have our highlights on here? And I was just like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, we were we were all in, you know? Like, we were 100% all in. And, you know, there's a lot of shade that gets thrown at the MLL, and maybe it's justifiable. I was just happy to be there. I'm in your boat. I was just like, hey, man, thank you, Jake Steinfeld. Thank you, everybody. Like, I, what? What do you expect? I mean, that, I'm going to games. There's 2,000 people in the crowd. It's not like I expect a million dollars out of this. You can pay for my flight and you yeah. can give me a few bucks. I'll take it, you know. But, exactly. I mean, I guess it takes somebody like the, the kids today to to drive it to that next level. That's I'm not begrudging them at all. I think that's cool. No, but, I think that's but, like in spending more time thinking about the, the PLL coming up and yada, yada. Like it was never going to be like – Matt Gibson coming out of college and Brian Langtry being like, dude, you want to start a new league? And me and you would be like, no, we wouldn't because like you said, we're happy to be there. Like we go, we have a good time with the teammates. Like that's what I'm shocked that I'm getting a check. I never went into this sport thinking I was, I would be paid for it. That wasn't like in the, that was not in the contract when I started, but I would have played a different sport. It takes vision and it takes a big, big ass ego. It does. And it, it takes not being just happy to be there. Yeah. Right? It's like that's what it takes. Well, it's they, saying like I, I yeah. we, this sport is better than this. And Well, think about it though. Like Rabel came out and was getting big checks mm-hmm. from companies. I, I was Harrow's first lax rep. You know, I got like $2,500 in like free gear yeah. that I didn't want to use, you know? So <laughs> it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like – There was you know, no deal. Yeah, it's like – Sick. I, I, it was cool. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for everything I got, but it was still, you know, this Paul. Paul was getting red, real money, red Red Bull money. Yeah, I drink like seven of these a day. Yeah, but like he, you know, <laughs> you said a glimmer so, in your yeah. eye. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's yeah, he, you know, it's. I think it's your expectations are different based on like what you've experienced. You know, like yeah. Kyle Harrison, the K18 line, like. Yeah, they didn't have a BL6 line, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares. Well, I mean, I for me, it's like sh- like I've made all my money basically off lacrosse-related endeavors. Even now, like I do the creative work for String King, but that started because, I, you know, they they were like, we can give you a sponsorship check. I was like, that's a terrible idea. Is that idea. how you make your money right now? Or is you, it the masks? 
No, in lacrosse. Oh, no, remember at the strength king. Yeah, strength king. So we had like a a, a custom fit clothing operation going on in the background. A ton of sewing machines that were out of use, but it's because Jake, who, who runs the company, was like, "We're buying these machines because we're going to be a clothing company." So we had pretty much the infrastructure to be an apparel company without the need for labor, right? We're not selling tons of stuff, but then the masks suddenly created this. Do you remember what I said to you about the masks? I can't remember exactly, <laughs> but what, it, was it inappropriate? No, oh, no. Was it? it was just like the worst call of all time. I'm oh, like, you were like, there's no money there or something? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, masks are so last week or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, back into we veered off into. I was just checking un- out your tattoos. Un- unfortunately, business matters. Yeah, why don't you have tattoos? I feel like you're someone who would have had a tattoo like fresh off the boat. Like, I feel like you're someone who would have just gotten the first tattoo like on the neck. Why, like, why don't you have tattoos? You just. I don't have a good answer for that. You don't have to have one. I know. Yeah, some people just don't have them. I feel like if I got a tattoo, I would have made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been like a drunk tattoo back in the day. It would have been like, you know, mm-hmm. baller or something. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. and then I'd be like, oh, And maybe cool. I mean, you have an addictive personality. You might have just. But also, when I was a kid, my parents were like, you are, my, my parents are like from the Bronx, old school. Like, you are not. Brian, if you get a tattoo, I'll kill you. And, I, you know, and I just, it kind of like stuck in my mind. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to women with tattoos. Yeah. Well, so. my dad had a rule. I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast. No motorcycles, no tattoos, no piercings. So. I think I had a very similar set of rules. But it was, it was never like, don't do this, Johnny. It was like, no. I think he like mentioned it. And then it was like, well, we're definitely right. getting them now. But that's the thing though. Like my parents didn't really have too many rules growing up for me, but. Like, I kind of did what they said. Like, my son doesn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I tell him to do Isn't something. Isn't that a decent quality, though? It's yeah. Like, it's almost like a, yeah. a prerequisite for, like, Success. intelligent rebellion. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, if he did everything, you, I would be, and I've always said, if I had a kid and he listened to everything I said, I'd be ashamed. Yeah. No, no I, like, I hear go, you. Go, you know, go. Do, it doesn't have to be go do something depraved, but, like, think outside the box because if you don't. Like, yeah, but if it's like, dude, take the garbage out and he's not doing it, that's not, he's not breaking <laughs> bounds with that. No, know? that's it's just. Like, come on, man. I'm just asking for you yeah, to pitch yeah, in yeah, around yeah. the house. That's a different, he's not yeah. you know, found a new startup. No, nah, but he's, he's a good, just, he's a good kid. He's just. Yeah. But we've, we've covered a wide range of things here. Um, and we're going to continue. Yeah. I, li- I like that we're bouncing range. around. What, what, what do you think about parenting? Do you think being a parent is one of the most meaningful things that you've had in your life? That's freaking hard, man. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I don't think I'm a great parent. I think I botched up the first 10 years of my kids' lives, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Doing the best right now to to pull it back, rein it back in. But yeah, I think I was a very bad parent, actually, in the mm-hmm. beginning. Well, that's I an was, honest answer. I, mean. I was just absentee, mm-hmm. whether I was here or not. I was absent. And it is being like, is like the fact that you have kids, do you think that's part of like helping you? keep it together you know what i mean like you're like you said every day is like a, a new challenge is is the fact that there are kids oh absolutely but i mean that and i'm responsible i you know i run a lacrosse business mm-hmm. i have 250 families that have counted on me to because i'm really good at what i do i'm a good mm-hmm. educator i'm yeah i feel like you know and i don't i don't i don't lie you know i pretty much call it like it is i'm very good at coaching i'm very good at educating kids on lacrosse mm-hmm. and these people have you know, have 
casted their lot with me when others wouldn't. And they said, let's, we, we trust the fact that this guy's, you know, got his stuff together mm-hmm. and he, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to coach. And yeah, I don't want to let people down. I had a lot of people go to bat for me in mm-hmm. tough times in my life. Like a lot of people like Peter Schaefer. I don't know if you know him, but he's an agent for NFL players. Guy was just like in my corner through all my bad times in my life. And mm-hmm. then Phil Stull, you know, remember Dr. Stull? The doctor of, uh, the, he was the outlaws um, Oh, I probably surgeon. recognize him. Yeah. He, he let, he's, I started my business on his turf field at his house. Very so, cool. yeah, I mean, there are just people that go yeah. to bat for you that, you know, you think you're alone and then, you know, you hit the ground and you, you bounce off of it and there are people that can catch you and help yeah. you up, like your family and, you know, so. Well, it seems like you have a wide web of, of like, love people that are it's like, getting back it's yeah, it's coming but, back together mm-hmm. let's put it that way i mean it got really thin yeah that's <laughs> it good got thin, but like going back to to the early mll thing what like was there what were the off-field shenanigans like like i'm i'm just imagining when I, when we played together it was such like a fun time because you're not a real like you just we're not the nfl like we can go out and there's no cameras on us there's no right. like was there a was there team camaraderie? Was there like thirty years of the most talented players going out to a party with each other? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I'm just trying to to harken back to those days because I know that my early years in the MLL, like I didn't enjoy it as much because I was very insecure mm-hmm. as a lacrosse player. Mm-hmm. When I came out of Hofstra, I was not great. They were a lot better players than me. You know, you had the whole the three amigos from from Princeton, Hess, Massey, Hubbard. You know, you know all Casey Powell, the greatest American lacrosse player ever, in my opinion. And you had like all these dudes that are my year that came out that were phenomenal. You know, and I was like the dude from Long Island, you know, Hofstra guy. Like I mm-hmm. I wasn't so I always had a little chip on my shoulder, but like in like I think a counterproductive way. Because I never really kind of ingratiated myself with my teammates, the older guys. Because I think the older guys didn't like me as much. And I think while I, when I got older, like when you came on the team, I made it a point to not be a dick. To be like overly accepting of the new guys. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I kind of blew it as a young guy, if that makes yeah. any sense. Well, you showed it right away. The first game that yeah. Sam was talking shit to me and you threatened to punch him in the face. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I just felt like, you know, I I, I always, I think, they, well, I played for the Saints, New York Saints, and I got uh-huh. cut. I played in two games. I should have gotten cut. I was terrible. Mm-hmm. Right? And this I mean, is indoor. Yeah. I mean, I would go, you know, we were, that was when, like, you'd go out after college, you go into the bar, partying with your friends, picking up girls, and then... I got to wake up and drive to Brooklyn and be there at 8 a.m. for practice. I wasn't playing too well at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So I was bad. I didn't know how to play box. I got cut. So going to the MLL after being cut from the only pro experience I had, I was really insecure. I was like, I really want to play. I want to play. I want to be a part of this. And I don't know if I wanted to be a part of it because of lacrosse or because of my ego or because of just the enormity of what it would become that I thought it would become, you know, mm-hmm. like I wanted to be a part of history. So I, I uh, think I really went like, you know, do you know Dan Denahan? Why do I Dan, know that? Dan's one of the great lacrosse players of all time. I know his young, name. Younger than me. I don't, I don't know if He I'm, played with me okay. at, on the Barrage. He was a Hopkins, on probably four time, great, 
great player. But he, I was talking to him once, and I was like, yeah, I wasn't that good. He goes, no, you were good, but you were always going out for yours. He's like, mm. you just wanted yours. Mm -hmm. And I think he's right. I was, I was just looking for – I wasn't a very good teammate when I was younger. I wanted to stay on the team. And I thought the only way I'd do that is by scoring goals. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was – ever since I was a little kid, I was a ball hawk. So I had to, like, kind of, you know, work my way through that. And then I stopped. I stopped playing. MLL. I didn't play for a year, and then one year I played one game for when I moved out here. I flew back once or twice to play for the Bayhawks, and it was like this transition period. And then the, the Outlaws came out here, and I had already begun playing for the Mammoth, and I got so much better at lacrosse. Yeah. Were you teaching at that point? Yeah. Okay. So was that a goal right out of college? You wanted to, to be a teacher? Or is no. That like no. <laughs> no. Are you scoffing I just at wanted to pay my bills. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't really – like, I love kids. I My my mom runs a nursery school. She's run uh -huh. it for 45 years. Like, she's the, the staple of Massapequa. Like, every all the lacrosse kids go to her nursery school. It's a real, she's, she's an amazing human being. She's mm -hmm. the, my favorite human being on earth. And uh, so I wanted to do something with kids. I knew that. I love kids. I love being around kids. Like, I can sit in a room of kids and I am like, but yeah, never, never, no one's uncomfortable. We're all mm -hmm. adults. Sometimes people are like, oh, you know, like it gets a little weird. But I feel like they're like, that is the same case with adult. Like say you in a room of adults, you have a way of making people feel comfortable as well in terms of like, there's no hierarchy. It's light when you need to get sick. Like that's how you were in the locker room too. And it's like, that was the good. So I can see that like right. being good with kids. Cause if a kid thinks that the teacher is like this big boss, Obviously, that's not going to be like some kids' personality that they don't take well to that. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that assessment. You know, I mean, I appreciate it, mm -hmm. but, but I, it doesn't sound like you thought you were that way your whole career. But no, in I definitely wasn't. You were I wasn't mm -hmm. not? I wasn't like that when I was younger. I definitely was not. Mm -hmm. But I know I was like that when I got older. Um, and the mammoth did it to me. Mm -hmm. Playing for the mammoth just did. Made, did it humble you in a way, uh, or was totally. it okay? Totally. But indoor humbled the hell out of me. Dude, I was like, how first the of fuck all, do you score? First of all, when I was thinking about talking to you, there, Steve Govett, my, none of, you're not sitting here with me if it wasn't for Steve Govett. Mm -hmm. And he was the NLL, or no, he was the, he's the, the general manager, the, the GM of the Colorado man. The Colorado man. Yeah. Now he's the SEALs GM. Okay. Yes. And, you know, he's a, he's like a gritty old time NLL player from Canada, you know. Some people don't like him because he's just in your face a little bit. Mm -hmm. Saved my lacrosse life. Gave me everything that I had. Like, I don't have a, a business right now if it isn't for him because I didn't play lacrosse. Yeah. I probably just so much of what happened. So I went to open tryouts here in Colorado for the Mammoth. Uh -huh. Open tryouts with all the dudes in the street. Like, all right, I'm going to make this team. Told my wife. I was, you know, just moved out to be with my wife at the time, mm -hmm. I shouldn't do air quotes. She's great, but we're yeah. not together anymore. Uh -huh. um, so I'm on the field with all these dudes and I'm just running around and I'm like, I got to make this team. I, I told her I'm good at lacrosse. <laughs> I told her I'm good. Like yeah, that's my mindset. Like yeah. I have to make this team. So like I'm going to die on the field because I've never been afraid of physical pain. Like, I'm mm -hmm. zero fear of getting hurt. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to fly around and just – and, you know, Govett was like, yeah, we're going to give this guy a shot. Was that your style? And Because same same deal with MLL. It's, it's hard to find highlights from 
probably, I mean, it's hard to find my own highlight. I'd love to have a college highlight tape, but yeah. guess what? People would need, you know, you need to like zoom it in and it would look like a grainy, grain hill. Like I'm going to save you. Just trust. I was decent. But your your highlights, I couldn't find many NLL highlights. And are you, were you like, I'm getting to the net? I dove yeah, you're a diver, right? Every goal. That was your goal. So you just first, poop like, someone and score. Just run right in, dive. One game, first game of the playoffs Mammoth ever played against Vancouver Ravens. I dive through the crease. Dude cross-checks me, breaks my helmet open. Goalie takes his butt end, smashes me. Not this scar. That There's one big scar over here. That's different. That's, mm -hmm. But there's another scar up here. Takes his, boom, jams his butt end right on my head. Face splits open. And I was just like. Yes, like you loved it. I just loved it. I'm not like, and come like, a little close to that. I just I'm worried. That's why. That's why. Like coaching, coaching's hard at times because like, and like being a parent is hard too when it comes to sports. Because like I just loved. Yeah, it's like pain. Like uh, in embrace a weird the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's same. You know, we go back and play a men's league thing. The thing that makes me nostalgic is not. You know, oh, I, I got a, a few points today. It's like the the pain, the bruises. Like, yeah. man, that guy really gave me a little shot there. It's like the combat of it. Yeah. And I feel like that that's something that when you retire, you know, a lot of guys say like, oh, the time with people in the locker room or, you know, the exercise. That's Those are components. But like there's something about the the, the physicality of it. No question. And I, I think it's, it's the fact that you got the shit kicked out of you and then came out the other side does something to your psychology, right? It's like. It's, I, I actually like pain. Like I do, like tattoos. If, if, if tat, tattoo, I, could, I do a lot of them myself now. But You're a masochist. I, I am, oh. but don't think too deeply into that. I'm not. But like the tattoo artist would be like, are you good? Oh, I'm great. Yeah, like there's good. something meditative and like <laughs> there's no it. more moment. Like you can't be more in the moment than. Yeah, you lean into you it. You can't think of anything else except the pain. And I feel like there's a, a lot of lacrosse was like that for me without me really knowing it. Well, like, I'm by no means, like, a good fighter, but, like, I got into, like, seven fights in the NLL, uh -huh. and I lost almost every one of them. I mean, I think I won one of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like, I got the shit kicked out of me Did a couple like times. It? I mean, I'm, like, as you're getting punched in the face, it's not like, yeah, this is awesome, but, like, I just like the combat of it, uh -huh. you know? Do you like the UFC? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I love When the I UFC. watch a UFC fight or a boxing match the entire time, I'm in full, my body is fully tensed up, flexed. Like, mm -hmm. dude, like, I can't, I can't stop. sleep yeah. after it. Yeah. Like, I'm the same <laughs> way. It brings like, out something very caveman that. in us. Yeah. But it's cool. And I think that's, that's actually an interesting. I was just thinking about indoor, so the NLL versus the PLL. And the, like fighting is is the great equalizer, right? It's like that's why we love the UFC. It's like you want to talk, you're arrogant, you want to what? Like we'll see. You might get knocked out, and when right. you do, there's something that we like that, right? It's like <laughs> guy got he thought he was gonna, and then when a guy's like, I'm gonna knock you out, and then he does it, we kind of like that too. So there's something about like paying for your words and paying for your actions that the NLL offers, obviously that. The outdoor game doesn't. Absolutely, like, man. So like in the outdoor – so I got a good example of that. So like uh, Nicky Polanco, uh, there's a video you can pull up at some point where like him and Brian Spelina and all those guys, they we had this – So those are two of the great all-time all MLL defensemen. There's probably going to be some people who listen Hofstra to this guys. who are like, Nicky Polanco who? But he's like one of the great – him yeah, and Brian I mean, Spleen I just take like, it for granted that everybody knows who these guys I know. are. So there'll probably be some legends. young people yeah. listening. These are legendary yeah, defensemen legendary, of the MLL. Maybe two of the best ever. Lunatics. Yeah, just Hofstra guys. Yeah. You know? Like I said. And like, <laughs> and like uh, 
you know, I remember playing against them and like I knew in the MLL that I could get away with anything because mm -hmm. what's going to happen? Exactly, yeah. But if they were on the field in an NLL game, it might be a different scenario. Yeah. Like there, there were guys like, you know, I, I fought the toughest man in the history of the NLL, Andy Ogilvie. Mm -hmm. I mean, he beat, he broke, he broke a guy's skull who was double my size like three weeks after he beat me up. Yeah. So, so you didn't stand a chance. So, so no, of course I that was no a good chance. idea. You had to do it. Well, no, I didn't know who he was. He just like <laughs> slashed me and I turned around and baseball swung him in the back of the neck. And then he just lifted me up and beat the piss out of me. It's yeah. my second game ever. I don't know who this guy is. Uh -huh. I found out later then, you know, and I'm like turtling up and like just trying to protect myself because I just felt his manhood, you know, yeah, he was just yeah. like, rawr, rawr, rawr. and there's something <laughs> you know? like that, that dictates human action. Like, having that done to you makes like it alters the course of your actions right it's like well i can't do that again i can't and it, you don't yeah. have that policing force in in the like that's why hockey's great Ho because like yeah it's like it just gets police like remember when well, that it's not as much as it used to be dude no i'm watching the game last night i'm a big rangers fan uh -huh. i'm watching the rangers caps tom wilson you know big big dude starts beating the crap out of artemi panera and all these hot rangers had no tough guys yeah, they couldn't got, do anything about it. Yeah, I don't like, like that. It's like you need a tough guy to go out there and 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 I I don't know. I like it changes the dynamic yeah. of the sport. Like, but you know they're never sports are never going back. To I that. know, but that's why the UFC is just going to climb and climb. Yeah. Like the UFC is the so if you take that as a factor of uh, lacrosse and hockey, it th that's the sport itself is just the violence and the laying it on the line. Yeah. So the guy and there's a lot of ways to be cool at it, right? Guy who no comment at the press conference. You, you could say that's boring, but if he knocks people out and goes twenty and zero, this you hear about that silent guy? He doesn't say shit. No, I see. I'm out. a Conor McGregor guy. I myself. love Conor McGregor, but I'm saying I would love. I love Khabib too because he's like, okay, like I, you yeah, know, I like break him. yeah, like I'll yeah. break it. Like I, there's so many ways to to like back. You could talk loud and back yourself up, or you could say nothing and let your actions talk. And both of them appeal to something. It's like one of them's like, ah, oh, I should be humble like that guy. And then I'm like, I should just talk shit like McGregor. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that, those are like the two, everyone has these two yins and yangs in them. Right. And therefore you're attracted to to both sides of it. Yeah. I like talking smack as a player. I mean, yeah. I just you, always like Were you it. always talking on the field? Did that bode, always. Did that bode well? For, did you do that right away in, in indoor? Like, were you a chippy? So you go oh, to the, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Do you think what what about uh, Steve Govett when he gave you a shot in indoor? Do you think he was like, damn, this kid can ball, or did he like your personality? Was it a combination of, or did he just see pure on field potential? Well, like when I was, this was when I was twenty seven. Damn, you I wasn't was even that young. I was a rookie at twenty seven. Yeah, with the Mammoths. That's why my career, like, I didn't. From twenty one to twenty six, I could have been pretty good. Like, yeah, you would I have missed, been. Imagine I missed those years I of know, being a pro. Formative years yeah. of like. So like at twenty, this is I'm a, I got rookie of the year at twenty seven in the NLL. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right? Yeah, and uh, I was kind of in my prime. Langtrees are late bloomers. My dad always told me he was the best <laughs> center fielder for the Alley Cat softball team <laughs> at, at Randall's <laughs> Island, yeah. but um, the <laughs> but. Oh crap! I forgot the question. What was the question? No, it's what did what did Steve Govett see? Oh, and you, like, do you? I think, think. Look, man, when those tryouts came, I literally would would make a beeline to the net, and I'm like, I'm going to dive across that net. I'm going to stuff that ball in the net. I don't care if I get knocked on my butt. I don't care if I get hurt. I'm going to do that. And I was look, well, I, I was quick. Mm -hmm. Like back then, I was a very quick person. Like one on one, I could beat anybody. 
Dude, I one saw one. some of the, your highlights and they were all dives. And I feel like if someone approached me, because I played a year in the NLL, if they were like, dude, you're quick, no one's guarding you with a short stick, get underneath and dive. Yeah. Like make that the focal point of like what you're going to bring to this team. I would have been very good because towards yeah. the end of the season, I just started to be like, yeah, this pick stuff, like that's something that feels like it needs to settle into my consciousness over a season or two. No, but it I takes can hoop five this seasons to, exactly. get, to well, get that. Regardless, like that yeah. trajectory is longer than I'm going to take this person to the net. And yeah. I didn't really lean into that side of it as that's much all as I. It, yeah, well, I know. Played, I should have. You played for the Swarm. Yeah. And that was mainly a Canadian team. I played for the Mammoth, which was half American. Half uh, Canadian. Mm, but we, we had, had some Amer- We had a few Americans. Josh Sims, Jamie Hanford, Dave Stilley. We had all these guys that were vets in the NLL that were Americans. And I think I'm, I was the only pure offensive guy out of the whole group. I don't think but, we had any of those on the offensive end. We had like Mitch Belisle, Dave Earl, who played defense and were Americans. Yeah, those but guys were really good. I don't think really we good. had many. Our best players were like Ryan Banesh, Kevin oh, Crawford. Those yeah, guys these guys good. who were just like, dude, they – breathe this since they were five and they can like, put they a ball get, into a spot that yeah. big and they're not the type to give you like advice on how to learn the sport when you're nobody 23 <laughs> yeah. hey, you know and like they said in the departed nobody gives it to you matt you gotta take yeah, it i wish i had leaned into that a little bit more yeah i just i, I wanted it so bad man mm-hmm. and i kind of saw the so the first game i scored the game winning goal first mammoth game ever double overtime mm-hmm. full house i wasn't even supposed to be on the floor how did you end up power on the floor? play? I just ran onto the floor. <laughs> it was double overtime power play. I'm like, I'm going in. I ran out there and like, I'm like, I got it. So I went, caught the ball, scored. I got a picture. I have five pictures of wind up sh- 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 into the court, like Polaroids, not Polaroids, but mm-hmm. pictures of that. And I mean, without like, it's it's all about timing, right? Everything's about timing. I was just like, I just scored a big goal. Many people have scored big goals, but this one happened to be in a, in the right city at the right, right time yeah. on the right night against the against the reigning champs, the Toronto mm-hmm. Rock. And it was like – Well, I think that stadium, crap. like when I played in the NLL, that was like, you know, you go there and you play and you're like, this is like playing in a hockey, like an NHL game. You know, Pro with sports. The, many, this is a professional – Pro sports. I'm intimidated by the crowd. These are people that are – these aren't people stopping in for a game. These are like fans, fans, and I, I was intimidated. I think I had a maybe a I goal in that. You. But I watched you. I watched that a game. BS. I did something I was there. From behind. But that was definitely like Colorado likes their lacrosse. Like no other. Yeah. And I've been to almost every city that plays lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And I can say that there is nothing like Colorado. And I don't, I'm not saying like the high schools are the best out here. I'm not comparing mm-hmm. anything other than pro lacrosse. Colorado supports pro lacrosse better than anybody. Yeah, they do. And it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. Um, I know that Long Island does not. And I think that that has something to do with the fact that, like, you grow up with all these dudes that play lax and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go watch my son's game. or so. There's, like, 30 different lacrosse connections with everybody. And, like, going to see a bunch of grown men play isn't that important for some reason. Yeah. But for some reason out here, it just is, like, I agree. a thing. There's something strange about that, the the New York right. concept. New York in particular because Maryland, Maryland people go to games. They go to like Hopkins the, games like The crazy. PLL sold out the right. Hopkins Stadium. or And in New York, there's some something to do with like 
You know, maybe it's like my kid's better than half these guys. I think that's what it is. And it's I think the New York that's ego. it. I think that's it. Yeah. I do. Um, my, my son got screwed. He was, he should have made empires. You yeah. know, like this, this, some yeah. sort of like somebody got the, screwed. But I feel like the there, way, there's right? grounds for that. To ch- I hope I hope that changes over the course of the next five years where the, the PLL can make a, I hope so too. a good product. I love it. the PLL for the record. Well, that's I I'm, dig it, man. Me too. I'm like, uh, I'm trying to go to some games this year, but the the you COVID. You never been to a game? No, I haven't been to a game. I came to. I went to the game here in Denver. I supported it. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a. You know what I mean? Like I obviously I know half the guys in the league. Yeah, um, you're still kind. Yeah, I'm watching. So you're the highlights. on your own transition. You're like well, ML- I stopped playing in 2018, but I had a, I, had a, I had a different career than you because I was an ex attackman my whole life. Like, right. and that's what I was good at. Like, I was like a a very good ex attackman, and I got drafted to be an ex attackman, and I won Rookie of the Year as an ex attackman, and then I got a concussion, and then I came back, and Rob Pinnell was in New York, and it was like, all right, well, I'll be the crease finisher, I guess. But like, you got pretty good at that. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah. I, I had I had within my field game, actually had to transform into like a finisher. Which, like, to be honest, I just didn't love that much. I but loved, anybody that plays a long time in lacrosse is going to have to change. Definitely. But I changed, like, in my prime. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, I should have just went to a different t- – I mean, I liked playing in New York. What about Atlanta? I, didn't you play in Atlanta? Yeah, but I was the same thing. I was. Uh, in, it's funny because in training camp, you have to split up. So, like, the yeah. ex-attackman's that kid, Kevin Rice, and I'm on the other team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm an ex – like, I was, like, lighting <laughs> it up. And I think the coaches were like, holy shit. Like, this guy's a baller. But then you put me back into this other role, and I was like, damn it. This isn't even really my like, – They don't my... remember the game when you were on the Lizards in here in Denver? Like, didn't, Which game didn't was you, that? Weren't you on the Lizards that – no, was it – Either way. I, no, but I remember watching you play a game that was like you scored like a huge goal with like no time left or – It was probably the semifinal. The semifinals. But that was – I was a finisher at that point. Like, I was uh, – the point is that like when I look back now – I would have to be a crease attackman, and I'm not even that fond of like playing that position. Dude, if I could play X, like that's where like my mind starts firing. You know, men's league. I'm like, um, uh, men's league. I'm behind the net, and I'm like, this is what I like to do. This is cat and mouse. This is what I. This is like my psychology. I hate men's league. What? I'm trying. Blew, I'm shot. We made a video about men's league for I Straight King. I like there's it. a huge men's I tore, league. I tore my hamstring. I want to become the official brand of men's league. Like there's a lot of people no. out there where men's league. <laughs> just no. like, why do you hate it? Well, I mean, when I retired, I spent, I got up to 220 pounds. Sounds like your problem. Yeah. No, this is all my problem. I'm not saying <laughs> men's league's the problem. I'm saying I hate men's league. Yeah. You know, the subject of that sentence is I. Uh-huh. Um, I I go out there. I went out there last two, like about three years ago. Tore my hamstring. Oh. Got the stick nick knocked out of my hand. I was just like, I suck. Like I yeah. hate sucking at stuff. You know, I've lived in Colorado for like twenty five years. I've been mm-hmm. skiing once. You can't because I suck at it. Really? Yeah. I, I suck. take you as a like you're so athletic. I don't want to go through the process of sucking at it. Yeah, I, I snowboarded mean, growing up. So I snowboarded a little fun. bit, but then I took like a ten year gap. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. everybody's good. So if you, yeah, like if you went out and skied and tore your ACL, you would curse every mountain oh, on the planet. I would just be like, I, I'd, so I'd men's be league so is miserable. just. <laughs> I'd be so, I tore my hamstring. Now, granted, I finished the game with a torn hamstring, scored two goals after that. Uh-huh. With It was a championship. But don't you see what you're saying right now? You are a men's league hero right now. Yeah, I, just, I was not good. Yeah, you know, but, like I was but, like. But you're framing it wrong. You're, you're, yeah. Men's league is a beautiful thing. Okay. And like. 
Yeah, it's kind. Of, you, I do kind of feel bad because like I'm only a few years out of the pro. Should I really even be playing? I was 42 at the time, you know, so it's a little different. Like when I was yeah. your age, I would have felt good bouncing around. You were still playing when you were. Yeah, that's you true. were. You were still. I would have been light. Yeah, oh. you would have been not allowed at a men's league game. <laughs> but no, nah, I like men's league. But point being, when I play men's league, it, I play behind the net, and I'm like, damn, I should have thrown dimes. I should have done this for my whole mm, my mm, whole mm. professional you been career. Me. I did for a year. That's right. We were, you did. I was watching the highlights from that season. It was score. like half the time I was feeding you, and you were like BTBs. Yeah, a bunch of BTBs yeah. you had. That I remember season. those because that's I, and I and I still, dude. I even I still bring your name up at practice sometimes because when I coach, I always have in my mind whenever the ball hits the lefty, righty the crease cuts every single time because that's how, especially not just man up, but just always mm-hmm. yeah. e- either the crease cuts or. There's a pick and a cut every single time when that ball yeah, hits when that it gets corner. Banged down the- and and I always think of you because you were so good at just like catching and look inside every time. Well, that's what we had so many connections yeah. like that. I was like, my, it's funny because I had to become the total opposite in terms of like, I had to be selfish too in the in the once I became a finisher because like, dude, I got to be getting goals. Yeah. If I'm not getting an assist, if I don't score a goal and I'm the finisher, like, and sorry, you're, you're, you you're cut. Your job. Yeah, That's you're it. cut. That's right. But my, my career beyond that, I, I was, I had like a totally, like I, I was way more assist oriented. I yeah. never thought about that. Totally agendaless. My, most of my stat lines that year were like one in five. And a lot of them were like passes where someone else would dodge. I was just the transfer guy. Yeah. But then no. I, towards the end of my career, I like, and it definitely hurt me. Where I'm like, I got to get a hat trick or else. That year is probably one of my favorite years of lacrosse yeah. I've ever played. I hope, I really want you to know that. Like I, that was I, a legend. I have, we should have won it all. I have like, oh, you know why we didn't win it? I was freaking dog shit in that last game. I had zero points. In the semifinal? Yeah, I had the I got, flu. I only played a half. I but just got my, at Dylan Roy just It's funny how we all make it about us because I thought I, I was going to be like, you know why we didn't win? Because I had the flu and oh, I didn't play the second I half. But clearly horrible. it was you. Who- it was clearly me. <laughs> I always do that though. I'm always like, that game I sucked, I sucked, uh-huh. I sucked. You know, it's like, but that year, you know, I mean, as crazy of a time in my life as it was, just coming in in Tom Palasek, and you and me on the road. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what, 15 years older than you guys? Yeah. But like, I didn't hang out with any of the older guys. I just hung out with you two. Yeah. And we just like hit it off. That's why that line was good, that attack group. Oh, and then also uh, the dude, Maryland guy. Yeah, Ryan Young. Ryan Young. I love that yeah, kid. He's a great and Grant kid. Grant Catalino was there. Was, it was too. a very egoless team, right. which like, you know, it's hard in the MLL because each team wants a friend in any pro sport. You know, you want to have your franchise guy or whatever, and right. that inherently makes. Well, Max know, Seabold was on the team. I know, but he didn't have too much of it. That's ego. what I'm saying. Yeah, he was. That's what I'm saying. He's like the the anti. He he was he's the most underrated, incredible athlete. Like, because he's like he doesn't he never would tell you how good he is, and like he's playing out there and he's just bawling and running mm-hmm. through everybody, but. You know, most unassuming guy. Like he's not going to go out and the max. Super. He, you know, he he never did any self promotion. I love that guy. No. I, he was one well, of I my think, favorite people. I, I ever think played with. that's what like the beauty of of having gotten out when I did, if you will. Um, I'm speaking as if it's like a prison. Um, about leaving, not playing pro is like you kind of have to self promote if you absolutely if you want to be a big name in the sport and you want to and if you can't do it organic. Like I've just never felt comfortable doing something that felt Same. inorganic. Like there's a few things that I've filmed, whether it be like little spots for 
your wall ball stuff but that's like i mess around on the wall anyway so that's fun for me but like awesome uh, there's been other things where i'm like dude that i didn't even i shouldn't have shot that because that's not really like me and you kind of have to self-promote and you also can't hate on it right it's like you can't hate on if if you're paul absolutely you can't found a league unless you have this massive following and you can say look you know i'll just get the same publicity for the league that I did for myself. So you like, there's a a weird conundrum of respecting people who are doing that more like, well, I mean, hating is just jealousy, right? I mean, well, there is the, like if, if I know guys and I see them not being themselves on the internet, it's hard for me because I'm like, eh, he's not like that. But I've gotten better at being like, you know what? He's just, he's he's, playing the game. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, yeah, maybe it's partially hate, but it's also like, shit, maybe I should have just done that. Yeah, but I think you're doing that. You're doing it, but you're keeping it real. Like, trying, but trying. Like, no, but you are, because I know you. I've known you for years. I'm not saying we've like stayed in contact, yeah, yeah, but, but I felt like I knew who you were. Exactly. There was you know? always a, yeah. like we, after that one, seat, like coming to see you. I know what I'm getting into. Yeah, and there's like, no it excited, awkwardness. It, it excited you know? me. I yeah, was me like, too. Right, yeah. I was pumped. This, I, and I said, you know, this isn't going to be an interview. You're probably going to. I'm going to lead the interview. <laughs> yeah, That's gonna... why I'm saying you need a <laughs> freaking co-host. I'm just thinking of doing a, a podcast myself. And I'm like, well, dude, you'll that definitely, thing will just go off the rails. You'll be a repeat guest. We'll fly <laughs> out to Los Angeles Done. and you can, you know, yeah. bring bring whoever you want to bring and have a little vacation. Bluey, I'll bring my dog that barks at you. He's done a good job though. He stopped barking. Yeah, but for people listening. Langtree's got five dog, five rescue dogs. Yeah. Um. So, and they're, they're, and the neighborhood only allows three now. So two of them got to yeah, go. He's breaking the rules. Yeah. Um. How do you feel about like we were talking about this prior? Like, is there? A, I mean, I know I'm bitter about this. Like, that I can't. My highlights are not like I'd love to have high quality highlights of myself. And it's bitterness about that, but also like an appreciation of the level of like that's the best part about the PLL. Like, this is like a high quality, this is presented so well that you can appreciate like the grays, you can appreciate every angle, etc. Like, when you look back, are you like a little bit stung that you have thousands of goals that are, well, I will I, never be, well, they'll never resurface outside of your mind? I think you'll have to, you have to put it all into context. Like, Compared to people my age, I have a hell of a lot of highlights. Mm-hmm. You know, there are highlight videos of me playing. So it's like, because I was in my thir- mid-30s yeah, playing, yeah, yeah. there are guys who are better than me that don't have any highlights. So uh, it's like, yeah, I'm still kind of cool about that. But I will say that the way that the PLL has managed, because I always used to think that the outdoor lacrosse game was boring to watch. Yes. I think it's boring to watch usually. Like if but I they've go, ch- yeah, they But they've changed it. Agreed. With... Technology yeah. and smaller field. Yep. The smaller field is huge. Whether wh- wh- If you notice it or not, that what is it, 10, 20 yards total difference? It's like wh- Five, watching, you might not, but playing, it would, be, it would notice, feel like more of a change. But don't you notice watching how quickly the transition goes from exactly. one end to the other? Because yeah. the, like, I, I liken it to like little kids lacrosse. When you watch like a, a seven-year-old team play mm-hmm. on a full-size field, you're just like – you know, this di- clearing and riding is disproportionately important to this game. It shouldn't be as important as it is, right? Yeah. And then you watch, and then you watch a, a pro game, and you're like, ah, oh, the clear. But in the in the PLL, it's like clear, fast break, clear, fast break, and that little bit of yardage is huge. Now, throw on top of that the fact that they got these cameras zooming in, and you can see exactly how 
hard it is to I think of that I think it's Marcus Holman's shot where he shoots around the cameraman would have missed that in the MLO yeah like know? he shoots around a defenseman and like the degree of difficulty I don't is just so mean miss the, the the nuance of it I mean it would have been on like a different player yeah great or like, like a guy it would have been like showy <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah the PLL yeah. is bringing that like it brings out the new like that was a very difficult play and it shows it yeah and I feel like that's like showing that, the appreciation and getting paid more. And like, you know, the, there's less, to, especially now with the MLL, like people are going to be, this season has got to be, people are going to be clawing. You know what I mean? Like there's people who should never, like there are people who are in their prime who, if the MLL was st- still around, would be the best player on a team that aren't going to play this year. That's how it was how, when, the P- when the MLL started. Yeah, so, exactly. Think Same about it. Deal. We had six teams. Mm-hmm. So we had six teams. Like I, that's that's why when you when you look back, people like that shit on the MLL. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, there were six teams of of like. Now, granted, not everybody stayed in tip top shape like they do now, but a lot of guys. It's not like we were just a bunch of fat asses, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, six teams of guys from twenty years of lacrosse all piled in, and you had to be legit to be on one of those teams. Yeah, and like that's what it. What are they now? Eight teams? Nine, nine? I think they added one. They seven, added the cannons. They added the cannons. They got yeah, the, maybe, maybe nine teams. We should know this, but... No, but I mean, they added one more team. I think there's an odd number of teams. I'm sure they're going to add more soon. I th- you got to wonder, like, when they're going to break off into cities, though, right? Yeah. Would you prefer that as, a, like, someone watching? Like, if there was a Denver Yeah, team. I can't get into... I'm Like, I can't get into individual teams. I love the play. I, mm-hmm. I could never say I root for a team. Yeah. I mean, I but like, would you if there was a yeah, team here? Yeah, of course. Here? Yeah, I think of I, I would. I, I would hope that they that that's their plan moving yeah. forward. I mean, I I cheer for like, I I played with Andy Towers for a year, so I cheer for him a little bit. He coaches one of the teams, mm-hmm. Chaos, I think. Um, sorry, that's my dog barking in the mm-hmm. background. One of five. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I cheer for like Hofstra guys. Mm-hmm. You know, guys from Massapequa, my hometown. Uh, St. Anthony's guys like mm-hmm. Schreiber and Will Manny and those guys yeah. all went to the same high school I went to. Um, you know, so I, I, I try to find reasons to get into it. But mainly I just I just watch the beauty of the way the ball moves. Yeah, and even just, even uh, this is like the quality of footage, even, like high school highlight tapes. You'll see a high school highlight tape. You know, it's like – slow-mo sick angles some maybe some uh meek mill like some good rap in the background and i do like rap so, so if you that's take, not lost on me yeah if you yeah i tried to make it relevant but i'm glad i did if you totally take player relevant. a with his jank highlight tape that just consists of the teams and then player b same skill set but his is well shot with some meek mill changes i'm everything. like coach we're go- we're taking this kid. do you want me to put that dog outside uh is he gonna Persist. I mean, he he's been pretty good. Huh. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. All right. So, if here's a question: If you were not playing lacrosse, what what would you be doing? Like, had you not played lacrosse, what do you think you're you would have gotten into? Would you have played a different sport? Like, were you the type that like you needed an athletic out? Was is there ever a path where Brian Langtree was like an intellectual, a banker? A lawyer. Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like that response. No. I don't. So you're like, 
Was part of the going into just lacrosse for you that it was outside the normal path? Like, were you like, this is? I think I think everybody has a, has a has a calling. I think everybody has a thing they were meant to do. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I was meant to do was to work with kids and to help people to help people through. Um, I, I I use the term adversity, um, and I don't. You know, I don't, not to be too specific, but I've had a lot of adversity, self-inflicted adversity in mm-hmm. my life. And, uh, you know, just teaching teaching kids right now, whether it's on a small scale, like, hey, we just got our butts kicked. Pick yourself up. Let's go. We just lost every game in a tournament. Pick yourself up. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you just got in trouble at school, got kicked off the team. You need somebody. Mm-hmm. Let me help you out. You know, I think that my experience in life has kind of positioned me to that point where I think eventually down the line, I would like to to be to 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 offer my services to help people, not like as a career, but just like to be there. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I've been through some of the darkest times that you can imagine, and I yeah. Why? Know, do you, what do you think like drove you into like dark times? Like, do you? Like, have, have you have you given that a lot of thought in terms of pinpointing, like, why? I mean, I've, I've been through dark times myself. And, like, certain times I feel like there's a, like, a, you know, the classic life has to be lived forward but can only be understood in reverse. Right. Um, like, I don't know. I just think it's all, it's all, a, like, I mentioned to you, like, on the side, like, every life's all just about choices. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... I can sit here and psychoanalyze myself and Mm -hmm. figure out why I did this and why I did that and why alcohol has an impact on me that it doesn't have on somebody else. But Mm -hmm. in reality, when you boil it down, it comes down to what, what choice did I make in this situation and what choice could, should I have made? And, and it doesn't even matter like what the reason is at Mm -hmm. all. It's just, just wake up and make a better choice. You know there there are two there are two roads, right? And like you, you can choose this one. And it's gonna be real dark, and and we can just like make the the choice that's not quite as exciting more often. Yeah. And then your life gets better, and that's just how mm-hmm. you know. I I have in the last like three years, I have had the greatest things happen to me in my life that weren't immediately as exciting and gratifying mm-hmm. as playing kind across. of a slow-mo blossoming right. of, of good things but it's so much better in the end i mean i'm yeah so I'm, you don't go ahead no i'm just i'm, I'm grateful but you I don't really you am. don't so like the you know for me sometimes i feel like making bad decisions or like whether it be partying or whatever it may be there's like a low level of like angst that i have that like and i, I think your your way of boiling it down is probably a, a a fruitful one because like sometimes you can't figure out what the hell is driving <laughs> you know what i mean it was your childhood no i had decent childhood doing i had okay. a great childhood maybe something <laughs> happened that i'm repressing i'm not really sure but um if you look at like my on paper resume i sometimes have a level of uh existential dread and dissatisfaction that doesn't exactly add up with with who i am on paper people are like oh you've done pretty well for yourself but i think sometimes when i when i get into bad times like it's because of that like dissonance between like what, what, the, what the hell am I so upset about? I'm doing okay. I'm doing, well, you're I'm intelligent. Not doing too poorly. Yeah. But well, but I think that intelligence breeds unhappiness. I, I think, do you think that's true? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. I think like, 
Schopenhauer. Yeah, so you're into Schopenhauer. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, that's just the way... For I, people listening, he's a pretty pessimistic philosopher, but absolutely. also kind of optimistic. Like, to talk about... If you... Here's something where it's like, if you're pe- if you're talk about pessimistic things, but you're doing things, in a way, you're almost making a case for like, yeah, like, say your point is like pessimism and that like you have a little bit of existential dread or that you go down a dark path. If you can get off and get back onto the good path, you're doing pretty, if you can write a philosophy book about how things are pessimistic, like, can you really be that pessimistic? I mean, you got to be pretty optimistic to write a book. Do you know, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it does. I just think that when you think of pessimism, it's not, it's not like, oh, life sucks. It's just like the reality of kind of, yeah, it's how difficult there, how a, difficult it is to really truly grasp happiness and to and to be like to all of your dreams that you have as a kid and all to realize them and but once you realize them they're over and then you just yeah you know it's like a lacrosse career I think about it that way it's like a, you're striving and striving so badly for to be somebody that people know and and I always wanted that. I remember going to Syracuse lacrosse camp and I always wanted to be somebody that people knew as a lacrosse player. Mm-hmm. And it happened to me and it didn't really didn't satisfy me. Yeah. It's it, I was never it was going to end at some point as mm-hmm. everything does and it's yeah. just you know being able to just kind of persist. Yeah, it's like that's why you know it's life is suffering, right? It's just the way it is and you just kind of you have to just frame it correctly and try to enjoy Mm-hmm. you know, as much as possible. I, I don't mean to sound like I'm like totally negative because I love myself. I love everything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, I don't get, I try, I think you could think about it as like the waves. Like I, I always wanted to ride the wave high and just be like, I'm, yeah, life, woo. But like, and do you, so that much, was that one of the drives of like maybe, yeah, to, yeah for sure. Like, Big time. Yeah. Is that like, you're not accepting of the peaks and valleys of like that are inherent with, Right. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, for me, I'm, you know, I got, I work at String King. I, I live in Long Beach and like, I'll find myself like, I'll move, you know, it doesn't matter over the past, like three years, move into an apartment. Like I'm looking at, at other apartments and, and I'll rationalize it. Like, ah, I just like to know the market, right. but it's like, nah, there's part, you and like, I've g- tried to give up on that where it's like, stop looking for another place, another yada, yada to just like, be, it's like find Content. a way to like, yeah, to like enjoy it. So that's definitely a, I think we're in agreement on that one. We don't have to go too pessimistic. I've gotten a lot podcast. of contentment <laughs> though in the last few years. It just, you know, I mean, you see how I live. I live a pretty nice life here mm-hmm. in the, in, you know, I'm kind of cut off from a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, things to drive to a store takes 15, 20, 15 minutes to get anywhere. And, you know, it's nice. Well, you were saying that you mentioned like you'd love to retire into like a camper in yeah, the woods. Yeah, tiny whatever. house. Is that is that re- you really would like to do that? And why would you like? But to But not like full time. Just have access. to Have it? access to it. Yeah, because then I'd go nuts. You know, like I'd be like, I want full time. If you did it full time, you go. Yeah, because I crave human interaction too, uh-huh. just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm not some sort of like Ted Kaczynski hermit. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I I like being around people. I don't want to die alone in this house. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to find the next Mrs. Langtree. So, you know, that's definitely something that I would, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to act like, oh, I'm this weird guy. No, I just, I do like not having 
to worry about anything though at times mm-hmm. too. Like I know I could probably just buy a can a, a tiny house, just live in it, end rent up, free, end up in the loony bin, it off, and yeah, and then I'd be, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, they'd be like, what? That guy didn't look like that a month ago, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but. You know, uh, in Always Sunny, where Charlie Day's got all the papers up. Have you seen that? No. It's like a beautiful I, mind I where they've got you know, know, all the papers I exactly up. I feel like yours would just be like lacrosse plays, though, like just on the wall, I just do, going loony. I do love X's and O's. Yeah, you are. Well, that's, I th- we're opposite in that because, like, I, I don't have too much desire to coach lacrosse. I really like playing it. But the whole structure and play side of it, it was always something that I tolerated as opposed to really leaned into. Yeah. And I felt like like you are obviously a really good coach and know the game. I feel like I know it, but I can't bring myself to be passionate about it because the part that I appreciate most is the the part of lacrosse that is not written down and planned. But I think as, you know, as a coach, I wouldn't say that X's and O's is... I'd say it's less than 50% mm-hmm. still. And do you think mm-hmm. it's like more mentorship and just human coaching? Oh, just motivation. Mm-hmm. Just motivation and and getting kids to just love the way I love running around on a field and being out there. And, you know, you can talk about teammates, locker room. I loved Running around, yeah. What was and that's throwing good... balls and shooting balls <laughs> and throwing behind the backs uh-huh. and do it like I love doing the action of lacrosse, like yeah. Playing the game and was it the meditative nature of it? Like, do you think you know. would have got the same fix from soccer, say example? Or Maybe do you think that... hockey. I love hockey. Yeah, I love hockey. It has a similar hand eye. And... I love hockey. I love. I like soccer. I like basketball. Uh-huh. I'm just not that good at basketball yeah. and soccer, you know? Um, hockey, I think I could have been very good at if I was a better skater. Yeah. Like, I can play street hockey with the best of them, but I can't skate very well. Yeah, I learned as I got older. That, that's how I feel about sports in general. I, I Baseball baffles me because I don't really care, but I just don't picture myself playing baseball and getting into, like, a meditative flow state by, like, all the stop and go and yada, yada. So, like, basketball, hockey – soccer i could picture myself getting the same again i don't think i would have been as good at it because hand eye is a big part of my success but spatial awareness yeah is what i love about like so i play xbox you play xbox i don't so i play xbox against my it's my connection with my brother kevin at home Mm -hmm. we play fifa Uh uh-huh right so we play every night like i last count we played about 600 games last year Mm -hmm. so we'll play for like an hour so like two two games you're averaging two games a night no like four like we yeah, I guess average, but yeah. <laughs> but like we'll play like you four. Ran the man and then, back. then we'll, if I'll go away for a few days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Average. I understand that. But uh, <laughs> so, so I love playing the game, just like kind of moving the ball around and anticipating mm-hmm. where it's going to go. And, and like I think of the field like that. And like as I got older, and we were talking about like being adapting your lacrosse game. I adapted my game like that too because when I was younger, I was just a give me the ball, I'm going to go run through everybody and try mm-hmm. to score, mm-hmm. right? And then like as I got older, I was like, oh, I got to kind of figure out how this works. And I think if you played in the league longer, you might have been more into coaching because – Well, I'm good at like analyzing and being like this player is good at this. And I was talking to Andy Shea who coached at Yale and he's like, you should coach. Like you know the game better than – you know, a lot of coaches. Are, He's an awesome coach, by the way. Great, I watch yeah. his stuff all the time. Great coach, great guy. And like, you know, what, great relationship with him because he's cool. you get the balance of like good coach, good guy. Um, 
So it's not like I don't know that I just can't bring myself to be passionate. But it's almost like math. It's like I was really good at math. Like I used to get when I was young, wasn't allowed to like do the math competition in like first grade. Cause she's like, you're good at it. Yeah. Cause I just win. And see, I can't do any math, but I didn't have, I wasn't, (laughs) but I wasn't like when they were like, you banned from it, you could help the teacher. I was like, okay. Like math never really stoked my fire, but I was good at it. There was no world where I'd be a mathematician because it just doesn't, doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it doesn't. It's not. A, it's not play. It's not firing for, you up to yeah, to break down the numbers. It, exactly. But you don't. Do you love kids? Then you don't love kids. Stop. Because oh, no, you no. have to think I, about. I, oh, no, no, no. Well, I, I, I don't think I hang around. I, I've hung around kids enough to know whether or not. Like, like I love going and coaching a camp. But in day two, I'm kind of like, fuck this. Like, I'm like, right. But when I look at a kid, like when I uh-huh. look at like a. Kid, but I'm older now. I'm, you know, I'm 31. This is when I was coaching camps. I was younger. Right. I have more perspective. Maybe I would. Like, there's a maturity level where you, kids are just little us. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, and maybe I was just too young and selfish at the time. I helped to my like, mom run my brother's birthday parties when, because he's seven years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would, I always love kids. Mm-hmm. There's something about just looking at a kid and being like, getting, and, and, clicking seeing something click with him in, in lacrosse and being mm-hmm. like isn't this awesome dude and like yeah and, and then he's pumped up and he wants to see you and you're just like yeah. yes i've had an impact on his life and that's yeah. that's that you know if you don't feel that way i don't recommend you get into coaching. no but i think it's just lack of like i used to do private lessons and one of the kids i coach is at notre dame now and other kids at tough so like i liked that i liked like the pro like one-on-one that's cool and like too. being a part of the player's evolution then being like damn that kid's like mm. he's like a legit player now so right. that's cool i just i don't think i did enough team coaching with kids to see if like i can manage that many you of could. these little damn kids you definitely could once yeah <laughs> well, well are you, do you ever plan on having kids i don't know maybe you know so i, I think know. that changes everything once you have kids you just yeah you're like oh I, I see now that kid who I call a little bastard is also the world to some family, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it changes your perspective, right? Definitely. I'm sure that would... Uh, it does. It, would, you can't help it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I would go out there and like not want to coach kids and like curse them at... Like I just... I don't think I've gotten into it. I know what it. you're saying, dude. I totally yeah, yeah, yeah. get it. I was there when I was I think younger. I would be good at it because like I'm pretty sure good at managing like young... I'm managing. I'm talking about it like, you know... That's what you're doing. Like moving around. I am, but it's more like I, I, I can, and I've always been good at like developing relationships with, regardless of the age. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you're an older. Like some of my friends will be like in their 40s or 50s, and it's like, how are you two friends? It's like, well, because we just didn't think about the age. Right. That, that was that was irrelevant. And with kids, I feel the same way because I just like. So is, is 40s old? Is that what you're saying? No. Yeah, you're old, but. Mm. No, I mean, I'm 31. I don't think about age. And I feel like you're, that's one of the appealing things about you is that like, it is like coming, uh, I'm always messing around. Like, even in serious things, like, Same. and it, it can be fruitful. Sometimes it's a detriment, but sometimes it's, oh, and yeah. you're that way too, where it's like, even with like, it's you're saying life is a struggle, but you're like, it's pretty hard out here, but you got to just like yeah, figure it out. Like, and like, whatever. that's like, a, that is a philosophy in itself. It's right. like, if you're someone who can take serious and like and suffering in stride and kind of get a little chuckle out of it, that's like a, a powerful thing. Well, look, man, in an, I, I just framed it like this to my daughter the other day. I was like, look, I'm going to be 45 mm-hmm. 
Now, some people older than me, I doubt too many people older than me are watching your show, but I'm going to be 45. I'm way, I'm closer to being dead than I am to being born. So before too long, and I don't, I'm not trying to get dark, I'm going to be dead <laughs> and none of this is going to matter. So uh -huh, like, yeah. what is the, it's am very... I really going to sit back and be like, I really screwed up. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just like apologize for the mistakes I made in my mm -hmm. life. I'm not going to, I'm just going to start like, there's a saying up here on the wall that says no one can go back. I know it's like one of those corny things. My wife put that up there, you know, when she lived here. And I agree with that. It's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm just going to like, you know, try to do the best I can every day. Wake up, mm -hmm. make a good decision, make good choices, help people. And just as corny as that sounds, I mean, that's a freaking good recipe for being happy. Yeah. It well, is. you also, you're, you know, you say like it was a blur and you're, past struggles or whatever but you had like a successful with what you were doing playing you were wildly successful do you <laughs> do you feel like say you weren't like say you weren't playing lacrosse let's say let's take this say you weren't did you were on the straight and narrow would you have been do you think that it affected your lacrosse career would you have been like a way more prolific player i've thought you, about this quite a bit actually and i think that it was a big cop-out for me mm -hmm. i think i subconsciously sabotaged myself oh, so i, like I had an excuse to why you weren't to why i didn't do certain things but i managed to do them anyway mm -hmm. which was kind of like whoa well you take the good with the bad he's a little bit of a loose cannon but he also but i think like how could it scientifically how could i possibly be worse by getting an hour of sleep before a game you know yeah. like by by and you would working you would get, out once, you know, yeah, like, like you wouldn't work out. You would. I never worked out, not once. Never worked out. I work out now two hours would, a day. Would go without <laughs> sleeping before a game and still do pretty well. Like when you look back on that, so is that like, God damn it! If I just did sleep and did work out, I would have done better. Or is it like, wow, I did pretty good given the circumstances? Like, what what is your general sentiment towards that? Uh, it's all past, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so you just, you don't, I'm great. I'm just grateful to be here yeah. to, to be here in the place I am right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just very happy with my existence. I'm not saying I'm happy every minute of the day. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not, mm -hmm. but I'm compared to where I could be right now and to where I am. I'm grateful. So I don't look back and be like, I should have done this, should have done that. Mm -hmm. You know, I made the choices I made. I did the things I did, and that's yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's a fact I'm not proud that if you committed full time <laughs> to working out and playing the cross, you would have been way better. But that's that, that you would be a different person. I would be a different were, player so it's, too. It, so that I, I, it's kind of like you wouldn't be you if you weren't. And that's how I, I kind of look back on, like I did not put in the necessary work. I still did had a good career, but like until I was a sophomore in college, like didn't lift that hard, kind of got by on natural talent, kind of just fucked around a lot. And right. like, but I can't picture myself being this like more like spark. Like if, if I wasn't that, I just have trouble feeling like that I could have been myself well, type of thing. Th there's like a, I've heard like if you've been in a car accident and if you're like, 
if your body's limp, mm -hmm. sometimes like you you get through the accident. You ever hear that? Yeah, yeah. Before? Like if you're if you're rigid, it's like yeah, a bamboo like, bends in the wind. Right. As opposed so to like I feel like my body, like if I had regards for my body when I was playing, I might have, <laughs> I might have been a little bit scared of getting it hurt. That's actually hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> like that rationalization is right? perfect. I might be it, like, oh, it's like I don't want to go in there and it's like, dunk my head into the corner. If you had put all the time and money into driving a Ferrari, you wouldn't right. drive like a madman in right. the 2003 Toyota Camry. That, I like Honda that. Ridgeline. I like that, though. 2006. But either way, I like that. And it's true. It's like you had a, a looseness about your game that's like you would get bodied and like you were 30, 36, 35 years old, like getting hit in ways that it's like, dude, are yeah. you sure this is a good idea? Yeah. I just didn't. It, it was fine. Mm -hmm. Do you, fine. what are your thoughts on like, uh, I, I'm just looking back at you had like short hair and then you had long hair. And do you, what are your thoughts on like hair? No, <laughs> hair. Well, that to me is, would just be like a sign of a metamorphosis. Like, would you cut your hair and be like, this is a new stage for me? Or did no. that, was that just, fun? Yeah. did you, uh, <laughs> do you think that there is like change at the fundament? Do you th feel like you're the same person that you were in in at 35 playing with me on the lizards, or do you feel like absolutely the only difference is I make better choices? That's it. Mm -hmm. But that is a, a that is change, right? I mean, yeah. all, all you're faced with is. I suppose you're right. Mm -hmm. um, I was yeah, just curious what I your think... outlook on that is. Is like, look, I've changed quite a bit because I've. <clears throat> I've tried to like um, fast forward the tape of my life before I make choices. Like, like if you say if you tell somebody who's who shouldn't be drinking alcohol, like, hey, I know you want to drink alcohol, I know you really want that drink, but fast forward that tape two days from now, are you going to not be drinking alcohol in two days? Mm -hmm. Fast forward that a month, are you all of a sudden going to stop again? Like, you know, you're not going to stop. You're going to continue to drink. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't drink because I know that that fast forwarding of that mm -hmm. tape will put me in a place where I'm just right back where I was. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, you know, and I just think that the ability to, to, to do that, to fast forward and say, wait a minute, let me before before I act out of this reason or that reason or this insecurity. I think a lot of my life was based on my decisions were based on based on insecurity and fear. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm scared of not looking cool. Of these young guys, I want to keep up with them and yeah. this and that. And then now I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really need to prove anything to anybody. Yeah, is that how yeah. you felt when like I'm 22, you're on the team? Were you like, oh, I got a party with the yeah. with the young guys? Yeah, I, got, I mean, I think that... I did. I mean, I don't know. Really, oh, you? We, I don't. We we had a good time. Yeah, I mean, was I, mean like... I think I think I I think I did. I mean, I'm not going to say like I made a, a conscious effort. Like, okay, the guys really want yeah. you just to think like I'm cool, but like I portrayed a character. You know, yeah. I became a character. Yeah, and, and I don't know that that was. I don't know that that was me. Mm -hmm. I think those were decisions that I made for reasons yeah yeah, yeah. Underneath well, it, the well surface. i would say that from from my perspective you're, that it seems like you have a more keen awareness that like what you're doing the fact that that's a red line and not a drink right that you have more respect for the present moment as like you have more awareness of how your actions are bleeding into the future which is like right. more, a better form of living in the moment so i mean you yeah you're not, you're not a fan of change but it seems like you're you're a decent player at the game. Yeah. 
I am a fan of change, actually. I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of change. I'm a big fan. I, I, all I want to do is change kids. Mm -hmm. Do you think that pl plays a lot into your, like the fact that you've like witnessed yourself go through metamorphoses? Like, is that, does that bring a lot to the way you can like coach kids where it's like you see them going through a hard time and you have a, you know, a helicopter perspective on helicopter perspective. There's yeah. some word bird's eye view. <laughs> Helicopter's good too. Yeah. I just mixed it up. No, I, yeah. I, coaching is, is very maddening in, in some regards when it comes to change. Because you you want to, you want a kid to to do everything that you say, and you and you in your mind you did it a certain way the whole time from the beginning, mm -hmm. and you're so good as a coach at telling everybody how it's done, but you sometimes forget that you didn't listen. That <laughs> you didn't listen. John Donowski <laughs> would not give you a favorable response about me mm -hmm. as a person, mm -hmm. and I don't blame him. You just were not. Very I was coachable, just not or? very coachable. At the time, and uh, you know, and I, and I don't, I don't think, I don't know where I got. I think the be, playing on the mammoth did that for me. Getting that, like, okay, I really don't know anything about you this. Need coaching, I yeah. really don't know anything, uh -huh. and that, and that just broke me down. And it mm -hmm. was like, okay, now I'm ready to be a good teammate. Yeah. So, as a coach, you know, you sit there and you look at these kids, and they just, I got to tell you, the kids I coach just want to learn. They just want to, but. There's just like, for instance, I'll give, I use an X's and O's, an example that I always use. I'd sell it a thousand times. Like I'm open. I'm 20 yards from 15 yards from the ball and I'm open. And my defenseman's sloughing in. And instead of moving towards my defenseman where he's sloughing. So when I catch the ball, he checks me. I teach them get back, give yourself room to catch the ball and use him as a screen or catch and dodge. Mm -hmm. So create a little uh, gap, a little yeah. pillow between you and that. And they never do it. And it just keeps going. <laughs> There's fury oh, and I And I pull them aside and I'm like, how many times do I have to tell you mm -hmm. the same thing? But it's just, maybe I didn't do it. You know, that's the process. And mm -hmm. like, I get, yeah. that's the one that jumps out to me because I say it all the time. Like say you're on man up or something. And it's like, I'm open and I start moving in, moving in. It's like, mm -hmm. you're moving where they are. Yeah. You're not helping yourself. I know it feels good like that. Yeah. that and you can relay this to life, that grat, that instant gratification of like, oh, closer to the goal and I'm going to move in. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but mm -hmm. you're really moving yeah. closer to the problem. It seems like a shortcut. Yeah. It's a trap. Did, right. It's a trap. Yeah. And you're moving into the trap. So that's kind of like a microcosm of what I like about coaching, the mm -hmm. challenge of getting through to kids. I already have the ethos. The kids already know I know what I'm doing. They know, like, I have a good reputation for coaching, um, you know, out here. People know that I know what I'm doing in mm -hmm. that regard. So I have that part. But so it's not like they're, they're oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. It's just in the moment, it's hard to change. Yeah. Right. And that's everything for yeah. me. You know, it's like in the moment when you're faced with it, can you make the right choice? Mm -hmm. Can you not step in? And I know that that sounds like something bigger and it kind of is. Right? Yeah, it I mean, is. It's, well, I mean, there's definitely value like hanging around kids. And I say like I have young cousins or whatever. I don't really remember that much of my and I'm not I, like I, I remember macro details, but like the actual moments of my life before like i'm just not good at remembering them in the past i remember i'm more of a, a conceptual person like people be like oh you remember that time we were at no i don't but it sounds like something i might have done oh but what about when we were at this but yeah sure i was probably there so you no. don't have like pictures of 
moments. No, which is weird See, because like I'm a writer who's very good at like I'm good at like building those, but I'm not good at remembering real them. ones. Yeah, and there, I'm sure there's a level of like it's my memories bleeding into the things that I, I write. But I'm not good. So when I hang out with kids, it's kind of like, damn, I was, you know, this is what it was like. I have like really specific memories yeah. of like That's being on a practice field with you, mm -hmm. cutting, catching, scoring, laughing, your face, my face, mm -hmm. like the way it felt. Like yeah, I have I those memories, like I, really specific. I, it's not like I had amnesia the full no, time. No, I know what I you're saying. I just think the way that my brain works is, is more conceptual. Like I... You know, when I look at numbers, for example, and I need to remember a password, I'm remembering the words. I'm saying the words. I'm not like five, three, one. Oh, I can't like, remember like f anything more than three numbers. I'm done. I can because done. I can remember the words. So like, like what do you mean? The words, the F-O-U-R? Yeah, just the Weird. saying them and the, the yeah. Maybe like I, I should can, try that. Well, no, it's that. Is that it, the key? <laughs> no, it's not. I think that there's just different types of minds out there. It's like some people see in pictures, some people... It's just like different. For My short-term memory sucks. I can't remember anything. I, I get, I come and go. My dad does. It says the same thing. He's like, I don't remember, like, you know, try like childhood things. So I huh. think, you know, it's obviously genetic. Um, who is on your? This is entirely different. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of lacrosse? I know you said Casey Powell is your. Uh, well, I think uh, so. I, yeah, I've been asked this a couple times, mm -hmm. and I, oh, you know, you have. I apologize. No, not like publicly. But, but hopefully, it's changed. Yeah, it has. Okay. Um, not publicly, but I'd say Gary Gates, the best lacrosse player of all time, and he, I played with all these guys, which mm -hmm. is really cool. For I know. Me. Well, that's so why like, you're such a unique case. Yeah. So Gary, I played with my first year at the Mammoth, and he coached the only championship I won in twenty two or three seasons of lacrosse. Mm -hmm. Twenty. That's how many seasons I played. Twenty you only won one title. One title. Lost three. But oh, so you, well, we lost yeah. three MLL ones with the Outlaws when I was there. We should have been in one, goddamn. And then, yeah. So, um, yeah, the one that I won, Gary was the coach. Gary's the. And that was in Denver. And that was, yeah, the Mammoth. We played in Buffalo. I had a good game, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. So, uh, Gary Gate, I think, is the best of all time. Casey Powell. Gotta put him up there. I mean, he's just the best American player of my generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, you can go back into other generations. I can only speak from my generation and what came after it, you know, because like before it, I don't even feel like I can give an honest Reasonable assessment. Input, yeah. yeah. Um, John Grant. I mean, yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. So those three right there are like, I think Mikey Powell would have been. I have to, yeah. I think Mikey Powell would have been. The I mean, he could have been the best, but like yeah. he just, you know, he's such a unique cat that mm -hmm. like yeah. he just didn't do it for him. Followed anymore. his own his own trajectory, but I just remember watching him and being like, "What? Mm -hmm. What am I looking at?" You yeah. know, and that's how I felt playing with Gary at age forty. Mm -hmm. You know, Gary's like 40 years old and he's backing three dudes down, splitting through them, throwing it around his shoulder. And you're just like, what Yeah, the hell just happened? Like, I don't even, I can't even grasp that. And he's 40, yeah. you know, like, like I'm 45 right now. And like, well, I feel like Gary can't. Gate, I, I wouldn't put him on mine because I just never watched him play. Yeah. But I feel like I trust your input. Oh, so, but I mean, dude, I feel like Lyle Thompson is a. Uh, is is on mine just yeah, for like his, I, yeah. th there's something about and i'm i'm unreasonable with it because 
the way that the style that it's like why it's why, awesome why do I style. like Mikey? Yeah, it's, it's like an awesome the style. The way that he played like goes for too much in my book. You can't yeah, I can't yeah. argue against that. Yeah, it's like Casey Powell was way more prolific, lit up the NLL, but all you have to show me is like the one Mikey highlight, the college highlights where I'm like I, I'll take this guy. Like but it's not even up for debate who who's like on right. the Mount Rush. It's more Casey because of he was yeah, but I think, but I think when you're, what you're asking is more of like what I like. Yeah, like how in a people player, play. The you game. know, like yeah. what I like in a player. If you're asking me like what I like in a player, mm -hmm. so I have, I really like Mark Matthews. So like, I like smooth. watching Mark Matthews yeah, play. He's I, a that that when I watch him play, I'm just like, holy. Like, mm -hmm. I like Josh Byrne today. Like, yeah, I like too. Canadian guys. I like because yeah. I just I just watch those guys play, and I'm just blown away by the silkiness mm -hmm. of the way that they can just like make a move, dip a shoulder, and put a ball somewhere where like I couldn't make the ball go on a straight line. Yeah, like pulling my stick down. Yeah, like, this I, weird floater. This, like yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know there was always that aspect of it. Um, the, the 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 guys like in college like Teat today I think is a fun guy well, to the, watch. I think I, think, I agree. Brendan O'Neill is my he's favorite like right now. Sick too. He's but a St. Anthony's guy. And again, there's like like take like a Rob Pinnell. He like he scores more points, but he kind of beats you how you think he beat you. It's like oh he did a question mark. Oh he did a and you can't argue it. I mean he's like putting up X number. But there's something about score, and Rob got better at this as I played with him. Like he would start throwing behind the backs, like things that coaches would be like, "Don't do that." I'm like, "Good job, Rob. Way to way to shoot it." He got better at that. But there's something about people who score an unpredictable that that score unpredictably. Like like that's what juniors like a behind the back and around the world. Like, but Casey did that too. He did, but I feel like Casey did that. Bef and Gary did that first. Uh -huh. Well, I'm so not listen. I'm, I'm taking nothing away from that. They're who right. am I? <laughs> like those guys are. No, I'm nah, We're yeah. just shitting. But I feel like I mean? Mike. Mike had a style. Like of the three pals, Mike had a style that was like different. I mean, why is he in the conversation if he stopped playing at college? It's because he had a certain style about the way he played that was like thoughtless. Well, he had like more of a sudden quickness to him, where you were just like, yeah. But the stick was like an extent. Like there was just no no. But thought. Casey's stick was the same. It was, but it's not as refined looking. There's something about. I'm not saying he couldn't I know complete what you're the same task. I know what you're saying because I mean I played against Casey and I've like hung out with him and thrown like he's. But you played against him like in his mid 30s. But he's a stick. Your stick is your stick. The guy's no, got an incredible. No, stick. You think dude. he had a better stick? Oh back? yeah, dude. Because because because. Of the context of it, because you're using different, like trash sticks. The sticks when we were there were no offset heads when we were in college, right? Yeah. So we're, we're he's using a stick that like the pocket's way smaller. So like the amount of things that he could do with the stick yeah. back then was, if you compared it to the next best, mm -hmm. it was so much better. In fact, maybe it's like I might have to reverse course and right. say like. The reason that he handled it a certain way was because of the limitations the, yeah, of the stick. Yeah, dude, the technology of this. I'm talking like when I was a freshman in college, I literally would bow my shaft. Like we did mm -hmm. that, you yeah. know, like because we wanted that arc. Like we'd take our stick and bend it backwards. Yeah. Like it, the technology is so different. Yeah. I don't want to sound like the it's old true. coop. Oh, but, dude, even from my era. But like pretty, I watch, I'll I, I, I just say this. I watch Brendan O'Neill play. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a St. Anthony's guy and he's a St. Anthony's guy. He looks like John Grant to me. He does. He's 
very, very good. I, I'm I'm curious to see what he'll look like when the ball's in his stick. I more. want him to just go to the net and score every, every time, time he gets he, the ball. Yeah. It's like, go, just go score and well, he's stop also passing. tricky, too. Like, he can do the, the junior stuff. Yeah. He can do, he can do the, it all. Yeah. We, on the ride here, actually, we were t- we rented a Kia. And oh. I'm like, this is like, when I was growing up, they this were is trash. They're Mercedes, nice cars now. The, this was a Mercedes, like driving this smooth, this user interface and dashboard. They're nice cars That's now. the same thing has happened with sticks where it doesn't matter which one you pick up at the rental place. Yeah. Like you can hand, you can, you know, even from when I was in college, the sticks have changed dramatically. I can't even imagine the trash that you were using. Now. Excalibur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It I mean, was this, dope. But yeah, yeah man, I love talking lax. I think, uh, and you notice we never talk about any defensemen. They're trash, you know, yeah. I mean, they don't matter to the sport, yeah. 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 Knuckle, no, but knuckle draggers. Yeah, and I, I feel for <laughs> defensemen in that regard. Um, and that's why my favorite defenseman is probably, like I like Ratliff, I like Earhart because they do a little offense, you know? Like I like, it's tough to, I, when I see attackmen get the crap beat out of them, I respect it, but I feel those checks on me. I can only live through what I know. So I have trouble being like, oh, great takeaway. I'm more like, ah, sucks you got stripped, buddy. Yeah, I don't even – I can't even really, like, get the – I can't muster up, like, like the, why the, you? En- the energy <laughs> to even think about what makes certain guys better than others with long sticks. I'm just like, eh, mm-hmm. they're always so, like, ugh, enemy. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I played with Lee Zink, who was unreal. Yeah, he was annoyingly know, good. He, he was unreal. And then I played with a lot of great mm-hmm. players, but – yeah. Do you, you know, so you watch a lot of lacrosse still? Oh yeah, constant. Yeah. Cuz I went through a constant. period where I didn't and I don't know what it was. It was kind of just like hey, I'm dumb. like I needed to like I wasn't going to be playing anymore. So, yeah. Of course, I don't, don't want to see you that's do natural. a nice play. I want to I, I want to play. Yeah, so I stopped watching it. But I, I watch all like pretty much all the college highlights. Obviously, I watch the PLL just across the board. The talent is like Saturdays alarming. in the spring for me are computer open with a game on, TV on with a game, phone looking at scores. I'm constantly. It's watching amazing the the highlights are high quality, even for. And the thing is, like these teams that you'd probably run over, and and you know, when I went to college, we when I got there, we were a team that you'd probably run over, um, but a team like. Uh, I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus, but like a Vermont, a Canisius, like these these programs that are like in, they got good players now. They're amazing. Yeah. I mean, some of their highlights, it's like this kid's got to play pro, and that's club lacrosse, man. And you know, people can hate on. You club. think that's what it is? Absolutely, but it, uh, yeah. 100%. It's also the exposure of the sport overall, dude. Like, it's you're, club lacrosse, dude. But Telling I you. played good club lacrosse. I did a backhand lefty shot in men's league. Never scored that in my career. All it took was seeing Lyle like. I don't need a right hand. I'm just go around the left side and do a bat every oh, yeah. time. I never scored lefty. Yeah, but like all it took was like watching. All, and now everyone does that. But like Lyle did that, and now I'm like 31, and I'm like oh, I scored a backhander today. I've always had the prerequisite sticks. Do you play? I mean, I so you played club play. lacrosse? Yeah. Where'd you play? I played for the Long Island Express. Oh, like nice. St. Anthony's guys. Yeah, the first Let's year I, I, I was on that team. Great, great, yeah, great program. But, like Mike so you think that's a big part of why I think everyone's just a beast now? Yeah, and you know, like, uh, I, look, my business is club lacrosse, and you know, there's a whole bunch of different complaints, this and that, and I do agree it prices certain people out, and people say it's expensive, and I understand that, but you know what? I'm coaching these kids like I got coached when I was in college, and I'm worth every penny of it. I coach yeah. every, I coach ten teams, yeah, and I coach them all. 
That's crazy. And, you know, and I'm and, I'm, and I'm it's also every practice. naive to lump every club team in one basket, right? I mean, True. There are. But I, I think the gro- it's like any other organization. If you just get too big without the proper oversight, then maybe you're, it's just a racket. But right. if you are coaching all ten teams, that yeah. sounds like what more. Well, I got some great coaches too that that I coached in high school that now coach with me, Ryder and Chase Clark. These mm-hmm. guys are my, they're like my right and left hands, mm-hmm. and we co- we go to practice and we go through every team one, two, three, bang them out like one mm-hmm. after another, and the three, and we have like seven guys on eight, eight coaches on staff, but we mm-hmm. team coach everything, and you're watching kids. Like I go to these tournaments and our team is good. Like our we have one really good team, two really good teams. The other teams are getting better. But like you go back east and you watch some of these teams, like these, holy crap, man! Like, have you watched the talent here get a lot better uh, in your time here? Is ten it just- times? Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, granted, I coached Eric Law in high school, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, he's 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 one of the best. He is. He's probably around. the best Colorado lacrosse player of all time. Yeah, I, I don't know who else is a Colorado lacrosse. I just think he's one of the best players in the game. I think he's yeah. under like underappreciated, not by people like us who who intimate like we played with him. Right. We played, but like at fans, I think have no idea how good. But that like, kid just is. look at like every game that he plays. He always scores. Always right in handed, like left handed, underhand. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, he's very he's effective. Awesome. So, so I've seen, but I've seen, I've seen the game go, and and I credit a lot of this to the pro. Interest like you know, mm-hmm. you have Trevor Tierney who runs Denver Elite out here. He's doing a great job. You got Matt Bocklet. He runs ninety one. I run Sixers. You have ninety one. Uh, is that that ninety one Colorado? Yeah, it's an offshoot. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So um, you know you have guys that know the game. You have three D Colorado out here. Phil McCarthy. So, so like people that played big time lacrosse mm-hmm. that all have their hands in it. And are doing it and teaching kids how to do it the right yeah. way. So it's not like it's a little different. Like back in Long Island, like you'll have like seven dads and and all the dads played college across. You don't have that. You have dads out here that just want their kid to get into lax and you know. So I think it'll take a few generations to really kind of to see that huge impact. But you're seeing there's one kid from uh played on the I always Tuttle. Tuttle, he's he's from Colorado. Like he plays, he played for the Whipsnakes this year. He, he's, Canadian or no? He's from Colorado. Oh, from, what am I saying? Yeah. He does he play like a Canadian? No. Does he have the stick skills of? No, he's just like a sick athlete. But I'm picturing and then the wrong Nick person. Orsello, you know, you have a bunch of dudes from mm-hmm. Colorado that that are playing pro lacrosse. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. It's the the. I feel like just watching now. I'm like, I'm lucky to get in when I did because I would have not made or whatever. We but I feel like I, I didn't. <laughs> No, nah, but there'll always be a place. That's like Patrick Kane in the in the NHL. Like yeah. people are making millions of dollars. How does a guy who's five nine and scr- like us play? It's because it's a the, the stick skills go for a lot, right? You know what I mean. Um, but I, I do feel like since so that there was like the new sticks having nicer sticks is part of it. I didn't really think about the club scene really being the other part, dude. It's but the I, amount of games that are being played. Think about it. Like my my kids will play. Four tournaments in a summer, mm-hmm. that's 20 or 30 games, right? And then in the fall, they'll roll right into another 30 games, 60 games against good competition, practice three to two, three days a week in the off season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> so, like, think about I'm how much you're playing. I'm naive to not think about that you're, aspect of the it. The kids from Long Island are playing... 300 days a year, some I of know. these kids. Well, I'm watching some of the young ones that are like, they want to go to a Division One school and 
you know, whatever. But Division three schools are also just as good. And I'm shocked when I see how talented the player is. I know. Like, oh, I couldn't make a D1 school. Well, dude, you're like better than half the guys that I played D1 with. Don't worry about it. You'll still be able to, if you want to play pro, just keep going. Like, and that, like, that's going to start happening more and more where people are going to come out of any division. It's like, dude, if you can get it done, you can get it done. Look at the kid, the kid that transferred to UVA. UVA, yeah. He's, I don't know how he's not like the ball's not in that kid's stick every time. It frustrates. They have a lot of good players, but if he went to a different team, Division one. I know. He's putting up 80 points. That kid. I've got, dude, I've got kids on in my club that are, I'm going to a high school game tonight mm-hmm. and I'm going to watch like four or five kids that are all better than I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. it's like, this is the, this is the way the game's going. It's just getting exactly. better. Yeah. They, everyone's just getting, and they're bigger, they're faster. They're just mm-hmm. they humanity, right? I mean, everything's uh, yeah, getting every, bigger and better and faster. It is. But I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm glad that I'm not playing right now because I think like going through the process, it's a lot like that's why clubs are important because we, you know, if you don't have somebody to walk you through the recruiting process, you can get lost. You can get like back in the day, they'll find you. They'll, yeah, like, I, didn't, I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, Danowski was down the block. He come yeah. to my championship. Yeah, this guy's good. But like these days, like there's a lot of dudes. Yeah. There's a lot of there's thousands of people, people trying get, to go for one spot. Yeah, that is crazy. Right? So you really well, need let, to I'd, I'd like to clarify when I'm looking like back on it and like, oh, I'm lucky I got in when I did. My ego is saying, I'm 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 right up there with the boys. Like I could I could be playing with these kids. And that's obviously Yeah, but you're young. That's so false. You could. Well, who knows? You could, but you But could. I'm just saying, like, it's it's part like admiration for where the sport has come and part like, damn, I wish that this comp that competition was like this when, when I, you get I just, a little older you'll 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 be like I'm uh, like an, when I play like men's league. Oh well of course. I'm like every sport's like when like do you do you follow chess? If you know anything about chess, like Magnus Carlsen is a great mm-hmm. chess player. I know who that is. I and watched the show on Netflix. Y- yeah. So My son's like, name's Magnus. But it's so. just naive to think that he's not the best of all time because he's riding on the show. You know what I mean? He's got- Now. He, yeah. Exa- now. But he would beat but that's the what I'm guy saying. from the- Exactly. Because so he's like, now. To not accept that reality is just naive. Like, right. of course, players are better than- Right. We, I'm just saying that there's a voice in the back of my head being like- Whew. We would have really done something here. Yeah, could have been a contender. <laughs> I would have um, been a really good off-ball player. Let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> well, you weren't really good off-ball yeah, for a long time. Um, but yeah, what what do you do outside of lacrosse? There's been a lot of lacrosse chat. I, you have a impressive passion for the game of lacrosse. I like lacrosse too, but I spend a lot of time doing like I like to play pool. You told me you like to read. Like, what is your non-lacrosse? Uh, so I don't read anymore. My yeah, eyes are gone. Me you've gone. My, I, I can't, I can't see the words on a paper. Can anymore. you get glasses? Can you get? Yeah, LASIK? but then, yeah. You just don't want to read. I just listen, <laughs> but I, I listen to about three or four books a week. Yeah. What are we talking? What kind of books? Uh, anything from self-help books to, uh, to philosophy mm-hmm. to uh, old school. I know you love Ernest Hemingway. No. So- <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I love, I really love memoirs of like uh, athletes, like mm-hmm. Ken Dryden's books, mm-hmm. um, all, soccer, like 
Cruyff. You ever you know who that is? I don't. Yeah. What, what's what's he? He's the basically the guy who he's a uh, Dutch soccer player from back in the day who mm-hmm. basically came up with the Barcelona way because mm-hmm. he played for Barcelona and became their coach. But anyway, just uh, anything that that I'm feeling at that time that I need friends mm-hmm. need help with. Like also like you know self help books get a bad rap at times, but like. I'm looking, you know, like if I if I'm looking to to get in a relationship, I will listen to a relationship book and see what the. I I no longer feel like I have. You're answers. fully coachable these yeah, days. Yeah, I no longer feel like I have answers to anything. I'm yeah. just like doing it my way has gotten me nowhere. So yeah. I'm just gonna just open my mind to things mm-hmm. and and I, yeah, I pretty much will just go with anything. I'm the simple pleasures type of guy. I mean, I I run. I run about four or five miles a day. Mm-hmm. I uh, if I don't run, that's kind of like the uh, that eats up. So I have like this, these like things in my head that mm-hmm. are like like demon, uh, demons uh, and you know, like mm. do stuff, do, <laughs> you know. Like my mom always used to be like, Brian, go outside and play because mm-hmm. you're pissing me off. Yeah, you know. And I'd be like, oh, and I run around. If I'm not, if I'm like left to my own devices, I will just piss everyone off around me. Yeah. So I got to burn that energy and I go run and I. I, strangely enough, anyone who ever played with me knows I never worked out. Now I go to the gym like two hours. I know. A day. Well, when I saw you, you look like you, your shoulders are broader. Yeah, man, it's you look fit. Are you thinking about a comeback here? Or? No, no, I'm <laughs> thinking about staying alive. Like I just want to mm-hmm. be alive for a long time. I want to, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to like live this life. Yeah, I, I give mm-hmm. give uh, the good life a chance. You know. And yeah. So I mean. You know, it, it, it's it's cute when you're younger. You're like, yeah, I don't do shit. I'm fine. But mm-hmm. then you hit 40 and you're like 220 pounds. I was 220. And I'm Ow. like, I just got fat. Yeah. Like it just, I like how that led to the men's league pulling up the hamstring. Yeah. It led to you just writing off like, men's league as a, a concept. I'm like done. there should be no men's league. Done. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to get – like if I played men's league right now, I might be really good. I know. That's why I, like, I was shocked fit. that, you were, that yeah. you were like so anti. Yeah. But I'm – yeah, I just can't. You would have a blast. Do, does – like when you exercise, does it give you – for me, like when I bike hard, I'll get like the same – it's like a you're an animal. So it brings out like – and like you just don't want to stop. You want the next ch- the next hill, the next – do you get that from exercise in the same way that you got from lacrosse? Because you were an animal in lacrosse. I like the – I like – like you would be on the sideline screaming with rage yeah. and like, I don't no, know, I wouldn't call it rage. It would be like fun, you locked into it. Yeah, happiness, yeah. but partial like you can just see back to the caves of hum- like our ancestors with your long hair. Mm. It was like, oh, the monkeys learned to play this game with sticks yeah, and they throw it into nets and they get very excited. Yeah, no, I like the way you put that. I could, I could definitely. <laughs> and, and I mean that in, I the, could, no, in a very I take positive it as a great way. compliment. Because yeah. I feel yeah. that way when I play, but I never could quite be the madman like you were. I, I, yeah, I definitely feel that way when I play sports. I could, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't, especially like in box, I remember just being on the bench. I remember being on the bench for the mammoth and just being like. And everyone would look at me and they'd be like, dude, you're right. Like, I'm fucked. I'm fired up. What are you talking? You know, like I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just wanted to just grip it and just ride it forever. Yeah. But you know, that that also just comes with that low, right? I mean, that that high of like being on the field and this is everything. And then that minute when I retire and I'm sitting in my basement and I'm like, what do I do now? Reading Schopenhauer. Where yeah, what do I do? Where do I find that intensity and that and that like 
like I go, what do I go to a bar and get into a fight? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that how this works? I Sometimes, don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. work. Um, you want to be a member of society. You can't behave like that. Yeah. So, you know, I had, I had to go through a transition after playing where it was like, let's not be a dick. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got to figure out how not to be a caveman. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, tough. But no, running for me now, I have embraced doing everything that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I don't want to run, but I run because I don't want to run. Yeah. And I put music on and I go through like, okay, I'm going to run for 15 songs. Kind of the Goggins approach. Uh, is the, that what he does? Because I that Navy SEAL David Goggins. He's he very is, about, yeah. you know. Like the point is the suffering. Right. Like, what, what are you talking about? I'm confused by you saying that you don't like it. Right. Neither do I. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. Like I, I don't like the gym. I'm uncomfortable with the concept of the gym. I'm mm-hmm. uncomfortable with like all of the the good looking women in the gym, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm not one of the good looking guys and the, these big dudes. <laughs> I'm like I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with the whole thing. But yeah. I, I'm like okay, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna get in You're sick not the shape. Alpha male right? here, yeah. Here. I want to get in. It's like yeah. Well, is your number? Is your, your jersey hanging in the Pepsi Center? I didn't think so. Yeah. But, but but anyway, they're like the Pepsi. What? Yeah, ball. You're you mean old, ball arena? <laughs> <laughs> but no, like when I'm running, I just, I click in and I'm like, okay, this song is good. Let me think about this song. And I just try to take my mind off of the running. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I'm in like 10th song, I'm just cruising. The minute I cover up the the mileage, I cover everything up with a sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. The minute I look at it, I'm screwed. I'm totally screwed once yeah. I see the mileage. So you just never time. look at the time and how far you are. Can't. Yeah. If I look at it, I'm done. I'm like, oh, and then my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, I got like another mile left, and well, that mile is hell. Like the micro edition of why a lot of people shy away from like longer term tasks. Obviously, right? Like if you stopped, at the, I mean, I'm writing a book right now, and it's like. I sent it to my brother, the first half, and he's like, this is a lot of chapters. My brother said, I'm like, damn, I still got to write half. I'm like, that's a lot. And that was like the weight of that. I'm like, oh, I don't even, am I going to write a book? And I am, but I I never think about that. Like I I just write and then I have to, I have to come back and almost structureize it. Because if I think about the structure, I think about the the task at hand, which is like very daunting. I know. And I'm the same way as I, I was not a big runner growing up, like. I would binge. It's funny because like that's how I am with like partying. Unfortunately, sometimes I'll just like go really hard, and that I'd be like, I'm gonna run today, and I'd run like two laps, and I would be incapacitated. I'm like, I'm not a runner. What am I doing? But then yeah. I'd come back and I'd, I'd overdo it in the running. Overdo it. I'd play like you know motivational stuff, and I'd be you know I, I was never good at just putting in the steady. The- work which maybe i would have been if i there's a good book atomic habits i know i've read that that, by james clear yeah yeah i like that book that gave me a nice perspective on just like chopping a little bit off do a little bit well yeah i'm just one metaphor is popping into my head it's like he he ran the math on a flight from like i think it was la to dc or something and he was talking about if you put just put it like a half a degree or whatever off down the line how far off track it was like if you just go one degree you end up in like south africa or something like that i feel that when i honestly dude like when i eat three oreos now and and you're talking to somebody who would eat an entire thing of oreos you have an addictive personality with with food everything just everything yeah like i i could drink a 12 pack of coca-cola right now and just be you know, like when I was a kid, I would eat 
the entire box of ice pops. I'm in the same, but I'm I have that problem. You know, these days. Where so like I, if I eat three Oreos now, I'm like, oh, I can feel that. <laughs> I can feel that. I don't like that. I don't like. And then I'll just go out and I gotta like get it out. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a way of life. Like you know, if I if I don't wake up, take my kids to school, go to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, then I'm not I'm breaking that cycle of. Of yeah. what got me where I am today, which yeah, is was a happy that, place. Is that uh, addictive side of your personality also what fed your – like were you addicted to lacrosse? Like did you – do you think that was a positive thing in that regard? Because obviously if you get addicted to working out I don't or think, running – I don't think getting addicted to anything is good. I don't think – you know, I, I, I don't – I more mean like do you think that you stuck to lacrosse for as long as you did because you have that type of personality? Obviously, I, addiction I, to lacrosse would be. I got addicted to the to the adulation. I really loved people really? telling me I was good. Really? Yeah. I, I, it's funny because I don't think that, no, right? I you don't. wouldn't think that, but I mean, no. if I'm being honest with myself, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I liked. You weren't that good. No, I know. No. <laughs> I, but but in my mind, but you were. I you were very good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, in my yeah. mind, so you I needed sucked. that. Like I, I always, every time I walked into a locker room, I was like, holy crap, I'm going to get cut. I got rookie of the year. The next year I was like mm-hmm. full panic getting cut from the mammoth. I remember being shocked how good you were. And to, I, there was a guy on our team named Brian Carolunas who yeah, you and yeah. I both know. I love that guy. Me too. He showed up and he was like, I'm Brian. I'm like, holy shit, this is Brian Langtree. You know, Carolunas kind of has like a funky look about him. And then he was messing around with the long pole. I'm like, what is this guy? Langtree's a nut. <laughs> and then you showed up. I was like, wait, are you, are you Brian Langtree? <laughs> And then I was like, oh, he's Brian Langtree. And I was like, wow, you're, you looked 10 years older than me. You looked how old you were, but you play like you were very, very good that year. Yeah, so that I, year I was good. I, I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't have like the pleasure of watching you play a, at any other time. But that year, you know, I'm willing to offer the adulation. You had a, yeah. a damn good year. And that feels really good. Yeah. So I, know that's I mean? why like, I'm get pumping just, your tires yeah, a little bit. I need that me what now you and like. again. But you know, I mean, look. But it's true. You it's were. A tr- it's the fact of the matter. Like, I love running around, but I also just loved feeling good about what I did. You know, I mm-hmm. felt like I was because look, like when I was in high school, I didn't get all American. My teammate did. When I was younger, I wasn't that great. When I was in college, I got honorable mention all American when I was a senior. Me too. For like Christ's like sake. I like there was uh, there was always that feeling of like, you know, and I don't at the risk of sounding like Michael Jordan at his his Hall of Fame speech, you know how bitter he sounded. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, that was from one of those bo- another book I read. They talked about that. I think it was a Ryan Holiday book or something. But uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound bitter, but I was bitter my whole career. Like I'm good. I think I'm good. Like you know, I, I want, had that too. You know? for sure. Yeah. Because I I had a pretty good senior. I mean, I had a good career in college, but my senior year, you know, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to be an All American this year. Didn't get it, and I was like, damn, like. Yeah. That was the best I've got and I didn't get it. So, I mean, so then going into the – I mean, I I was as good as – it's just the school I went to didn't have the – Same you know, here. Yeah. So I had to like prove it at the pro level where I think people were like, who the hell is this? Right. Like I remember I playing remember against when you guys. Came, I remember when you came yeah. in and Joe was like, this guy's good. Don't worry about it. He's good. He's good. Check him out. And I'm like, all right, we'll give him a chance. We'll see how it is. And then like warm-ups. I'm like, yeah, he's good. He can play. Yeah, well, I remember you actually came up to me and were like, dude, this is something. Like, you're, this is going to be a, a thing here. Like, you're going to yeah. do really well, and I'm going to do really, we're going to do really well. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm, 
Left because lefty righty. I, I always think like that. Yeah, I always well, I, think like that. I was like, you know, I miss I miss some college event to go to the game, and people are like, "Oh, you're playing?" I'm like, "Yeah." I guess, well, what do you mean? They're gonna give me some cash. I'm gonna go play in this game. Yeah, why go, not? Whatever. And then it was like, "Oh, I'm I'm playing." You're on the team. Why would I not play? I'll just figure out how to like make enough. Like I didn't live in a specific place. You know, I'd stay at my parents during the season. I'd stay. I couch surf in Los Angeles. I lived in an RV, lived in a van, lived in my buddy's parents had an apartment that was like vacant that I lived in. Living the young man life. I did that for, it wasn't until 2008, after the 2018 season that it was like a a, a year long lease that I have to stick to. You had like six years of that? Yeah. I was all over the place. Lived in it. miserable. No, it was kind of cool because I, 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 didn't have anything. I, I only had what I was willing to part ways with at the end or the beginning of the season. <laughs> so it kept me very minimalist. I think I was, yeah, I think I had kids already. Well, to me, that's like a, it worries me to, to have a lot of stuff. Uh, like I just like, oh, this shit's mine. And it's like a lot to be re- responsible for, a lot to, I, 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 if I own property, maybe that would change. It Like I wouldn't feel like, oh, there's a trampoline down in the backyard. I got to move that when I move. I always felt like kind of, I didn't want to get attached to things. And now I have more, I mean, I- Just throw the trampoline away, obviously. Yeah, trash it. Um, You know what book you might like is, uh, what'd you say? I'm sorry, my phone rang during the interview. No, it doesn't matter one bit. Um, A book called Running by Ronnie O'Sullivan. Ronnie O'Sullivan's one- I'll check that out. He's uh, the best- what, some people consider him the best snooker player, mm-hmm. which is like billiards. Yeah. Um, and he's like addicted to running. And obviously there's the dual meaning of when you're on the table and you're running, running the, the table. table. But he's addicted to run something about like like he's like really addicted. Like when he got away from running, his snooker stuff. And he's like the most talented player to ever play the game. I'll definitely He's called that. the Rocket. So he's like – listen to that. Once he gets on the table, he's like bouncing. He, he hates slow pace. But I, his book's pretty interesting because he's had ups and downs in his life. That's like, it was cool to read. That sounds like something I'd definitely be interested yeah. in. Yeah. Do you like pool? I play, like to play pool. Yeah. I always associate pool with some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, I don't really go to bars. Yeah. Well, I have a uh, table in my apartment. Yeah. It takes up half the, it takes up the whole apartment. I have, a, I have to loft the bed because I have a table. <laughs> when I told the guy I was putting a pool table, he's like, really? He's like, in here. That's not really a good right. idea. I'm like, don't worry about me. <laughs> so it's a little pool hole now. Yeah, I, I was never really great at pool, to be honest. But mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's a very set up, calculated game. It's unlike the dynamic part of lacrosse that I like. Yeah, but like I think that's, and that's, that's why I like it is because it's uh, it's more mathematical. And it, like When you see someone make a shot, you're like, oh, they just hit it at the right angle with this spin. I can do that. I've had games where I've been really good and I'm like, wow, maybe I'm good at this. And then, I, no. Mm-hmm. Do you- uh, Like golf. You know? Yeah, I was never good at golf. I always just considered it like hiking with a drink. I don't even need to swing the clubs. That's what I I, I like golf it. now. I'm, I suck, but I like it. Do you play a lot? Not a lot, but my coaches and I in the uh, summer during the day sometimes mm-hmm. we go golf. Do you when you go and coach like these sessions after it? Do you do you get into like a state of like like flow state almost? Is it absolutely, like- dude? When I when I so I do training sessions in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day a week, I work three hours, sell out. I I put out 
on like a Tuesday, I'll say, I'll send an email out to my distribution list and I'll say, I'm doing a training session. I'm only taking 12 kids for each session. I have two different sessions. It's 24 total kids. Um, it'll be at this place at this time. It sells out in 30 minutes. I do every drill with the kids. I'm in it. I'm sweating, dripping sweat. I'm in the entire, I'm a hundred percent energy the whole time. It's not like mm -hmm. a coach. I'm like feeling it and being it and doing it. And I love it. And it's mm -hmm. what I'm good at. And I'm like, this is, this is what I was meant to do, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, the flow state out. And sometimes I have no plan in my head. Mm -hmm. I will just go there and be like, that was like let this me podcast. See the, let me see the kids. Yeah, I'll be like, let <laughs> I me wrote down the structure, and then I'm like, he's gonna he's gonna steer this where yeah. he wants. You I'm know like, what let I mean? me see like the setting kids. Up the what sales do we have? In a hurricane. What do we have? I got seven kids that are a little bit better than the rest, and then I got these, and then two lefties, and then I just do it on the fly. And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is how we do. And that's how I taught when I was a teacher. I would show up and be like, what are we teaching today? Mm -hmm. And do you, you need know? that? Is that something that you need? Yeah, in your burn life? the ships, yeah. right? It's like. Well, I definitely need uh, – that's like something that I need. When I feel like things are very structured, I get disappointed by – it's like A, like my neurochemical – like I need to hit the fix of yeah. like getting into – that's why throwing the ball against the wall is fun because like I can't do the 10 in a row like this, but I can mess around for hours at a time because there's no plan and right. I can forget about everything the stress, pretty much. But the stress before it. Like I will, but on my way to the training, mm -hmm. still to this day, I've done a million of them. You I get will be stressed? Like, Were you stressed before chatting with me? A little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I get a little bit tensed yeah. up too because it's like. Yeah. I get know? stressed with everything, but that's my mechanism, right? That's, that's what, like before I, pra I practice five days a week in the summer and every, before every practice for like an hour, if you come, if you come in contact with me, you'll be like, dude, what is wrong with you? And I'll be like. I just got a lot to do today. I can't, you know, like mm -hmm. I just can't do be there. Do you take anyone. that as a uh, like you frame it as like I'm about to do something good. I'm about to that, get crushing it. Yeah, I'm I mean, about to crush good... it, and that's and I've always crushed it with practice. Like I can honestly say that I crush practice, mm -hmm. and I'm like this. I never take a day off. I never mail it in ever. Mm -hmm. Like I'll never mail a day in of coaching kids ever. Mm -hmm. It's always full 100. percent Let's go. And, you know, we don't win every game. I don't have the best teams all the time, but I know I do the best job I can yeah, always. Yeah, that's res you know? very respectable. And that's how I feel good about myself. I yeah. can sleep at night. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think maybe I would struggle with that. Like I, uh, maybe I would mail it in. So maybe that's why I shy away from coaching a little bit. Maybe you're maybe stressed that you won't mail it in and you'll have to be stressed. No, I mean, I, there's just – I don't know. Maybe I just don't have the passion for coaching or – just you know, just a comment. I, one thing that I was thinking as you said that is, you frame it. The, the, I watched an interview with the neuroscientist. I forget which some podcast, but uh, the actual neurochemistry of like anxiety is almost identical to like excitement, uh. right? So it's like when you're pumped up and yada yada. It's like, dude, you just you just pumped up. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, right? you're Anx nervous because you're about to do something that you about recognize to do something that crushes. <laughs> yeah, it is important. Yeah. Yeah. So you figured out how to, and that's what I have to do for like when I'm coming to talk to you. It's like a little bit, you know, we're coming into your house. You got five stray dogs. You told me that one of them killed another dog at some point. These things happen, <laughs> dude. <laughs> um, so I'm like, shit, we're about to like set up shop here. I'm checking my back for the pups. Um, nah, you're, you're good. They stopped. No, I know, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, that, you know, you I, that needs to be framed as like this is going to be a uh, this is a fun conversation yeah. to have as opposed to. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's 
anything that I've when you mail things in, like I, I I've been so I've been so passionate about things in my life, mm-hmm. you know, like when I taught being in front of a class, when I'm coaching, when I'm playing, everything's got to be like you were probably passion. such a fun teacher. Yeah, it was a great teacher. Mm-hmm. I really was, and I'm not. I don't. I sucked at a lot of things in my life, but being in front of a classroom, I was very good at. Mm-hmm. I still get parents today. Like my son went to MIT. He says you're his best teacher he's ever had. I'm like, yeah, because MIT. Yeah, I, I taught at the gifted and talented school here. Every kid. But what does that stand for? Uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, the, one of the greatest schools. And they have what a, a little school here? No, the college. They graduate from. Oh, oh you're, you're saying you taught a kid that went to yeah, MIT. Went to, oh, I was going to say, they have my, a satellite campus kid, here and you're running My it? kid like, went to Duke, you know, my kid went, uh, so I taught at the, the, the gifted school here. I taught humanities at, yeah. at the gifted school. Yeah. So what did and you, so what is humanities? English it's like, and social studies. Okay. So like Shakespeare and history. Yeah. Combined. Yeah. You know? That's cool. Yeah. It was really cool. But. Have you seen the Dead Poets Society? Oh yeah. Yeah. You Many kind times. of strike me as the Robin Williams type of. It's like a lot te- of ways. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like incur like thoughtfully encourage rebellion. It's like, you know, you gotta have a little fun sometimes. Like, come yeah. on, boys. Like, it's like you're, yeah. you're not. You you would be the type of teacher that obviously your class was different than other classes. Oh yeah. You know, you would be like the opening scene one of the opening scenes in that book he tells him to rip up the textbook he's we actually like, wa- when i was teaching we actually watched the old captain my captain yeah yeah, scene yeah, yeah from that when we were when i was teaching that stuff so to so what were you like high like you were just high energy as a teacher you yeah were, most of the time i mean unless you know i was coming off of a road trip or something mm-hmm. you know because that was i was playing on two teams Throughout my career, you know, so I'd be like teaching, get on a flight. I was a pretty bad husband for and bad dad for a while. I'd be like out of town all the time, mm-hmm. you know. So um, people, even my students probably had to suffer me some Mondays where I just would be like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, turn, turn the TV on, you know. Yeah. So it was, I wasn't always, I don't want to be like, yeah, I was the best, you know, but, but <laughs> when I, you were good, you but were when good. I was good, I was good. Just yeah. like in box. I mean, some guys will tell you that I was a bad lacrosse player at box because there were games. There was one particular game I shot over 22 because well, I just kept shooting, you know, like mm-hmm. it was either feast or famine and yeah, you know, it's like metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Uh, you taught, you said earlier that, uh, you were like, I'm here now, you know, and when I'm gone, none of this is going to matter. Is that what you what you think about uh, human I, life? That is, are you a, a religious person? Are you? No, I'm not religious. Are you just not at all? No, just, there's evolution, and we. Are, no, I'm not even that either. I don't know anything. I don't. Oh, you don't believe in evolution? I no, I I do, I do, but I also don't. I don't know that I'm even exist. That, that, like oh we're talking about, no! Like yeah, I don't even this know, is a good transition. I, I don't even here. know that what I'm experiencing right now is real. So yeah. I don't even. This is well. I think that's this a, is a small you know, piece. Like the of, whole: Are we living in a simulation? What is like the base reality? That's like an interesting philosophical question. As long as it doesn't get too daunting and discouraging, right? It's like in the same way that like if you believe that we're just here on a rock in the middle of the universe and we don't really mean anything to anyone other than ourselves. That's not a bad thought if it doesn't 
like crush you. It's it's a decent thought. It's like I can do whatever I it's want. It's very empowering. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. There's but if you let it become this like well, I mean if you weight, expect if you expect something great, then yeah, it's going to be miserable if you're like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm going to get this this awesome afterlife like I don't expect much." You know, it's like I just I'm happy. Mhm. This is and, the main event. And it's it's yeah, this is it, man. I it's pretty empowering to know that like you know i can wake up tomorrow and just enjoy that day too i mm-hmm. don't know i some days i feel different i'm just you know i'm I, like i told you i i said it's when you first walked in it's like i don't really take too many stands anymore mm-hmm. like I, I don't really have the the energy or the inclination to to be like the voice of anything mm-hmm. like, well everything know? is so polarized that you know sometimes it's best to yeah it's like, like or at least internalize them you don't have to like lay out your whole cause on a podcast here and then have half your parents be like johnny you're you're not playing for brian anymore. right right <laughs> exactly well i mean look i went to st anthony's uh-huh. Could, do do i go to church every week no i don't but like if you go to church every week i think that's really cool yeah you know the, like you know the commandments are solid if yeah. it gives you meaning in your life that's cool i don't really have yeah i don't really have like theories i tried mm-hmm. to just like you know wake up and yeah what, do the what, next right thing what are you so, so if someone was like what do you do do you are you a coach is that what you primarily identify as right now yeah like that's your that's your career you're a coach i'm a yeah i mean and, I, I coach kids mm-hmm. what are you what are you looking to do moving forward Co- like that's what you're i want to coach kids till i'm dead and then you guys then they can spread my ashes on the practice field. And yeah, and then it's over we're for good. you. <laughs> Call it a day. That's all she wrote for Brian. Yeah, Langer. I'm really. It's about as happy as I've ever been. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like just, that. Well, I'm I love just to, as, yeah, yeah like just a, as happy coaching kids as I am playing. It's just yeah, really well, you weird. definitely have like a liveliness about you. That I mean, you always had a liveliness, but you look like you're doing really well. So you're on your whatever oh, you're doing. Keep it up. I'm down to my college weight. What am I going to do? Well, yeah, you're you're exercising. Well, yeah, I'll say before we finish here because I feel like things are teeter or dwindling down. Is that like happy to chat with you? It's been a an awesome. It's dude. been good to see you. It's good that you're that you're doing well. And I I, I just re- reiterate what I said in the beginning is like you you would be if. And you said if you were around right now in the PLL, that would be bad because you would do something, you would punch a fan. <laughs> now it would be good, like in my mindset now, but as a young kid, I was stupid. Yeah, so. I just feel like they're like, the, it's a shame though, because you have a person, like you're someone who people want to root for because like you're really authentic and you're funny and yada, yada. So I was like, coming here and chatting with you was like, that was like kind of the thought. It's like, well, the, we got to show the people more Brian Langtree. You know I, I mean? appreciate like, that. I mean, give an old man a... Another ride around the block, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's, you know, this has nothing to do. You're a good lacrosse player, but you were fucking hilarious and, like, such a character that, like, the, the combination of those was was Brian Langtree. Although I'd rather have you at, well, would I rather have you just in the locker room or just on the field? Probably just the locker room. And I think that's a compliment, you know, because you're a better human than a lacrosse was, player, I think. Yeah, I was pretty good in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Top ten, particularly after the game. <laughs> yeah, there's some good video out there. Yeah, but seriously, so thanks for chatting with right me. On, I mean, unless you got you got something else to say, you got some. No. I know you you wanted to get into that. We're living in a simulation. No, and that. I didn't. I didn't want to. I just texted you last night that I was yeah, listening that to was that more book. Human I don't to want human to talk, talk. about yeah. it. <laughs> but uh, no, I just 
I'm I'm pumped you came, man. It's yeah, been really well, cool. C- consider it done that you're you're coming out for another. We're we're gonna be building a little. You got a studio coming up. Well, we're building like a little fun house. It's gonna be a, you know, a turf yada yada. There'll be a podcast studio. So you stink, can come do you out. want me to come out and stink corners or? That's like half the fun. Oh, okay. You got a cage, you stink corners, <laughs> and you have a little conversation and drink coffee. Done so, deal, man. Yeah. Coffee it is. All right. Right on. There you have it. <laughs> How long did we talk? <laughs>